Hey, how's it going? Uh, welcome back to episode four of Immigrants as a Weapon podcast. Hello, welcome back. Um, From our fancy studio in Los Feliz. Yeah, in, in, in wealthy uh, Los Feliz. <laughs> we have a new... Uh, um, we, uh, I don't know, for people who have been following following our saga here, you know, we've been, uh, we're fighting an eviction. Uh, we've been fighting an eviction for the last, what has it been? I can't even remember the months anymore. Four, four months, uh, three months? Uh, three and a half months. Three and a half months. Like. We were supposed to have a trial um, on Thanksgiving Eve, but um, because of a court screw up, uh, they sent us, the, they sent our, us and our attorney the wrong notice. And uh, so it wasn't actually a trial. It was just a, like a bureaucratic um, session in the court to figure out the actual trial date. So now our trial is set for the end of January. So we're still in our uh, apartment here in, in Los Feliz, Los Angeles. <laughs> we're starting to barricade. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're yeah we're we're not yeah we're 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 building the barricades. We're sandbagging our um, our balconies, you know, um, <laughs> buying up the bullets. So yeah, it's. That's 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 still going on, um, but but that's uh, that's a that's kind of a different world from from where we want to go today for this episode. It's I think it's kind of a special episode because we haven't really done an episode before we, where we actually try to kind of take a trip somewhere. Well, they're all special. Yes, all ep- it's true. I shouldn't. Uh, You're doing like undersell. What is? I shouldn't shortchange or undersell the, our previous work uh, works. Anyway. Sorry, I got a bit of a I, like I got a bit of a COVID brain, so it's hard for me to focus sometimes for for more like in more than I don't know five minute bursts. So I'm going to try to get down to business here while I still have a bit of brain power. So you know, uh, you probably if you've been following the news, you've probably seen that there have been a lot of scandals recently about Zionism and anti-Zionism and 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 Israel and Palestine at the center of it. I mean, just in the last few months, Trump's people um, have been trying to legally codify criticism uh, of, of Israel and criticism of Zionism as something as, as essentially anti-Semitic and a hate crime. So that's what they've been trying to do. It's been a long, long-term project of the, of the Trump administration. Um, and they've been, they've been sort of, they've picked up the pace in the last few months that they have left uh, to try to do this. Um, and in the UK, Jeremy Corbyn has been you know, for 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 months and and years have been has been smeared and and brutalized really uh, by pretty much the entire UK uh, political establishment um, and destroyed as a politician uh, because of his anti-Zionist views and uh, because he dares criticize Israel and and support Palestinian um, liberation struggles. So, um, in light of all of this, uh, we decided that maybe we do a, an episode on an accidental trip that we took to Palestine last year. Yeah, and the trip was totally impromptu. It's not like there were such travelers. It just, um, we basically, since, when is it? We had to move out of, out of our shared, whatever, roommate, roommate's apartment in New York Yeah. in uh, June last year. And for almost six bu- months since then, we were kind of bumming around basically just couch surfing relatives rent free yeah and uh that's how we stopped by tel aviv where we had some relatives and already there we realized we've never crossed the water yeah even though we've been i mean as jews we've been to israel a few times and uh yeah and we realized that can as well yeah can as well go 
Yeah, most people plan like a trip to Palestine as like some kind of, you know, big event. And we just, Definitely, yeah. we actually just like, didn't never really even thought about it until um, we were pretty much there and, and, and said, wait, wait, why are we not going to Palestine? Like we should go, it's, it's like a few hours away from us. Um, yeah, um, I had been to Israel a couple of times. I mean, the first time I was in Israel was when I was 16. So I, it was uh, 1996. Uh, it was about what, about six years after after we came to San Francisco, and I went with my graduating class. So I went to I went to this Reform um, synagogue in San Francisco, as it was kind of a part of this uh, uh, indoctrination <laughs> that they pull 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 um, Soviet Jew Soviet Jews that come to America that immigrate to, that immigrated to America. So the Jewish community tries to indoctrinate the new arrive, the arrivees and to try to teach them the ways of, of the Jew. Uh, and so I was sent to this Sunday school, which is pretty weird, considering it's a Jewish school, that it was called a Sunday school, because a Sunday school is usually a, a Christian Catholic school. And you don't really, pre- you don't really celebrate uh, Sunday. You don't really ce- you celebrate the Sabbath on, the, on Friday and Saturday, not Sunday. But... Regardless, I went, I went in that school and I graduated from, or was confirmed from this school in 10th grade. And part of the sort of the bribe that they dangled um, to, in front of um, Jewish kids in America uh, and, and, and uh, enticed them to go to this really boring, really superficial school is that at the end of it, you get to go on a six week trip to Israel and you're 16 and you, know, you get away from your parents for the first time. And um, it's and it's like a just you know full on immer- immer- immersive trip, uh, and uh, like and uh, all the kids, all the kids from American Reform congregations. Not actually. just your synagogue. Right? Not just my synagogue. Yeah. I mean, it's th- thousands and thousands and thousands of kids. I mean, I can't even. I don't even know. I mean, all, all every Reform synagogue pretty much in America sends their kids to Israel at the same time, and you're put in these buses. And you meet there, right? Yeah, you meet there, and you put in these buses, and you travel in these convoys of four buses. You see, I don't know how it's organized, but it's, they 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 organize it in some sort of way. And there's four buses, and you travel, and you have like an itinerary. You 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 travel basically from the north side of Israel, you know, to 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 the south side of Israel, and everywhere in between. And you spend six weeks there, which is a lot for Israel. It's not a very big country. Um, Wait, six weeks moving around? Yeah, com- not totally even... moving around. Yeah, and then you That's get to do like, and then you get to do like one of those weeks is. You get to do like an elective activity so you can choose what you do. So you can go, it'd be like, they give, there's like an army camp where you can learn how to be a soldier in the IDF. <laughs> you can go on like a desert uh, hike that's like a five-day desert hike. Wait, this is like Westworld. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, for, for it's really expensive. We, ours was partially subsidized because we were, we were poor, um, but it's really expensive. I, 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 mean, I, I think might, it might have been like 4000 or $5,000 oh, or wow. something like that. Yeah, I don't remember exactly the price. Because that really teaches you to be a Jew, kind of. Yeah, and that whole time, it was interesting. And of course, there's like the, you know, you meet other kids from all over America that are Jews. Uh, there's a lot of... Are, are you all going to be like on that trip around 16? 16, yeah. 15, 16, but yeah. Mm. Probably maybe some people are a little bit older, but you graduate, it's 10th graders. So it's 16 years old, yeah. And so for most people, it's the first time that you, you away the, from home, away yeah. from home. It's like a preview of a college experience. And what's interesting is that because it's 1996, things were a lot less strict back then. So like, like, you know, I mean, just to, people probably don't even remember anymore that, but people used to be able to smoke on airplanes. Mm-hmm. And when we flew on, on, on the LL, 
plane to Israel from San Francisco, like the, the last few rows of, 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 of this giant Boeing were smoke, were the, was the smoking section, you can imagine. Really and people would actually go there and smoke in the back. This is before 9-11, so you could actually move around the airplane and nobody cared. And so you could, as, because in Israel, it was, uh, the smoking laws were a lot more lax back then. And so you could get permission if your parents permitted you to smoke. If they sent, you, if they sent the organization a letter saying, I permit my child to smoke, you could actually smoke you know, openly. And so I got my brother to fake a note to them. And so I was like the cool, cool kid smoking in front of all the counselors where all the other ones were not allowed to do so. Yeah, it was just a... <laughs> it's extremely cool. <laughs> Very cool, yes, super cool. And I would give everyone cigarettes and, you know, yeah. And like the people would hang out with me because I could smoke. <laughs> it's, an important, it's an important part of the thing to do. So it was, we did the Russian um, fraud kind of situation. Yeah, no, it was interesting. But what was interesting about, interesting about it, maybe we can talk about it a little bit more because I, because you also did your own version of that. Yeah, but it, but okay, but six weeks is really intense. And again, probably nothing about Palestine at all, no, right? Oh, I don't even no. know. Probably you're not even sure it existed, right? Well, it was, it was interesting. <laughs> we went there during um, the second intifada. Yeah, and actually, so our itinerary had to be changed a little bit because there were bombings actually when we were there. So there was a bombing in in Jerusalem, um, and. Um, and you know every bus we had like two counselors and an armed um, guard with a rifle. So so we would tra- travel in these convoys. So we had four people with guns for every convoy. That should actually make people ask some questions. Well, it didn't. What it made it it made it cool and exciting because you because you knew that you were under threat and like the way that it explained that there are these terrorists uh-huh. uh, and they're you know obviously we didn't really go into into the Why? details of Why? it. Yeah. yeah, but like you you just knew that like. There's this state of siege, and you're 16, and you're a kid. You know, you're like partying with your with your with people you've just sort of met. It's a very it's a very um like a like a like a high kind energy of right high energy um, spring break kind of vibe, um, and uh, you're obviously like you know drinking a lot because you, no one's checking IDs in Israel. It's not like you can get alcohol and hide it, you know, and just you're all you're just drunk all the time and. It's like so. It's a. It's it was a pretty wild kind of place. So, you, but it's it added to the mystique of the place. So no, but we didn't. We didn't like. I don't think we ever came. The only time that I actually understood that there was some kind of strange military situation happening there is when I visited uh, my uncle who lives on the outskirts of, uh, who lives right on the border uh, with, with the West, with the West Bank, and you can almost see he lives in one of these new settlement, mm-hmm. newer newish settlements. Um, it, it's not in it's not in like what, the West Bank proper, but it's right on the border, and you could see it's a totally militarized zone by his house. It's where all these um, Soviet Jews who came there live, and and it was strange because you have this like very suburban environment with a pool in the center and like kind of very la- a lazy vibe, but then there's like you know heavily militarized zone. Just I mean you could see it pretty mm-hmm. much, and so I was. I was not really, I didn't really know what to think of it, you know, but there was never explained, there was never context anyway. But. Yeah, since we already started talking about it, yeah, my first experience was I was 18, and uh, somehow through my university, I was invited to participate in birthright program, because I guess they knew I'm Jewish, because uh, kids who were studying, so I was studying Persian, and I had friends who from the same year were studying uh, Hebrew. Yeah. And a lot of people who do study Hebrew frequently are Jews, at least in 
Would it be like, would it be, because I mean, did it have any relations to the Arabic departments or no? No relations. What yeah. relations? Yeah, it's separate. Know. Yeah, no, I'm just curious because it's in the region, you know. Uh, <laughs> it was separate. And then there was like yeah. uh, Middle Eastern studies with Arabic. And I think they're not. Cause, yeah, because you went to the Moscow State University. Right? Yeah. Uh, but so what, what do you mean by cultish? Like, like. Well, no, no, no. So, yeah, the university is Moscow State. And then the faculty is African and Asian studies, which is a special faculty where you can only study, um, at least as a first language, not Western languages, but like, yeah, a Asian in African and Middle Eastern, I don't know, it's like wide, wide variety actually mm -hmm. of them. And within that, it's all separated by the language. So there's, everyone has, I don't know, what would be they called, the little departments or yeah. like sub, 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 uh, sub something, even the way it's physically organized actually within the, the big building. Because ISA is not even just a department, it's more like a separate school within I don't know the terms in English. I'm not sure. I think it is like a big department, just really big because yeah. of the nature of the thing and heavily, obviously, like diplomacy oriented or mm -hmm. like spy shit, actually. So a lot of like, spy, <laughs> spies are recruited from there. Yeah, and yeah, a lot historically. Of go, and a lot of people go into the diplomatic corps from there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. From the Soviet times. Yeah. Soviet times, correct. <clears throat> and before that, it's just... I don't know. Like, I guess intellectuals were interested only in that before the Soviet times. And it was existed under in the Tsarist mm -hmm. times, which the MGU or the, the that your department. In general? Uh, my de ah no no no. My department is a Soviet creation actually, which makes total sense in terms of the necessity for languages. But anyway, that's like a, a, a side note. But anyway, yeah. And this, but <laughs> I think now it's actually thinking about it interesting. The Hebrew department was definitely very cultish because I think partially probably because the Jews or even if they're secular but people of Jewish ethnicity were studying the language, they were kind of slowly sucked into either a Hillel yes. or their weird organizations that kind of like, yeah, they were somehow attached to this. Interesting. I don't exactly know how, but that, it was way more very involved. It's a very American model. Because Hillel is an American reformed Jewish organization yeah, designed to sort of radicalize Jewish students into this sort of centrist kind of Zionism. I think that's exactly what it was. I just w would be too young and, st and stupid, like uh, not, yeah. not necessarily very like <laughs> interested in, in the way it was run, but it's definitely probably still run that way. And actually now thinking about it, it's definitely weird because why other, like let's say no one was trying to convert you to Islam if you studied Arabic yes. and you would read Quran there. I had friends yes. who studied Arabic, but no one would be like right there standing thinking, oh, here it is. Like, oh, there you isn't can. like uh, someone in like you're studying Arabic and there's like a pan, like like Nasserism organization, <laughs> no, like nothing. pan Arabic sort of uh, nationalist organization trying to like 
would be nothing recruit at all. you into it yeah in yeah. fact i think it would be like completely weird if you're even it wouldn't be allowed probably yeah probably not i actually don't know what are the because they were like almost on the grounds of, of the university um not on the grounds but very attached it's like, like uh, in advertising and, out. and stuff of, probably yeah. pe- some people might uh, come in and out might teach like a workshop or whatever like very wow. close and not only hillel i think other similar ones like that too yeah so that was very special already anyway that's how i even found out about the trip i think i didn't know i was even jewish till i was maybe like 15 that's crazy which is which is a different story I'm yeah like because you're jewish. like you're half jewish on both sides of your, of your of your parents yeah and you didn't even know that you were jewish until you're 15 yeah they're half jews and that's i'm crazy. half jewish so i have like two jewish grandmothers two two really russian grandfathers but anyway but it's heavily jewish the environment but so I your mom know. never told you that you were jewish no it's crazy i don't it's think she cares a, yeah. i don't even think she likes israel she's never been she She's not that kind of Jew who's going to live there and support it. Yeah, yeah, I got you. She's like, she's not like, she doesn't, well, first of all, she doesn't really like Jews, I think. I generally. think so, yeah. 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 She, because, which, which is a, I, I don't know, I'll cut it out, I think. <laughs> what kind of thing is that? She doesn't really like Jews? Yeah, that she doesn't really like, because she grew up with Jews. Yeah, cut it out. Yeah, she grew up with Jews, so she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't like Well, she Jews. isn't like, I'll tell you, she, your mom isn't like, uh, <laughs> she's not someone who is, attached to her Jewish identity or finds it meaningful uh, in any way. She's a Soviet person yeah. uh, through and through. And so this kind of, and she's not like, doesn't have this. She, I mean, I w- it'd be very strange for your mom to. She's not me, anti-Semitic at all. No, she's no, no but it'd be strange to, to, for your mom to profess like a, be- a belief or an attachment to this idea of, of a nationalistic idea of, of uh, statehood where like every, every national nationality, uh, is supposed to have its own state and supposed to defend it and have and and because yes. that's what that's yes what and actually I wonder if it's actually prompted I think she's very normal I, I respect that kind of um, approach because um, you know Soviet Union ultimately obviously there were problems but it's a multi ethnic state yeah and by nature of also her work and her studies she's been friends for a long time with different I don't know ethnic Soviet people yeah. from like Mongolian to Kalmyk to I don't know all of them and yes. I don't think. She, she she doesn't separate that and someone might practice buddhism actually yes. but that's not it's not defines who you are at least did, before i guess the fall of soviet union really didn't yeah. and the nationalism hit large only in the early 90s like yeah. late 80s anyway so i think it's okay to to be more close to your soviet identity rather than any kind of ethnic thing you that potentially yeah, yeah. can be tr- true yeah. in your case. Anyway, so, so it's th- funny. So you two went to uh, you. F- I, you know, I I think you told me this, but I didn't quite realize how how old you were already. Um, Very old. I didn't know. So you. So to you, yeah, that's interesting. So anyway, so yeah. I was eighteen, and okay, now I knew I was Jewish, and I was, <laughs> and I was offered. I don't know. I, I you looked. Given a free trip to Israel. Yeah. yeah, I was given a free trip to Israel, <laughs> but that one was way more. I think that's what people know about that stuff. Yeah. It's called birthright taglit. They do it to here to. Yeah, birthright is. On, for the college students it's a wide world thing and um so it's uh why would you decline no it's perfect. two weeks they say they pay your all expenses <laughs> they pay away anyway so huge and, amounts uh, of money going to this program yeah it seems yes. to be pretty well financed it's like a way of, a way of uh, the israel and, and zionists or supporters in america to to make sure that uh the, each generation of, of of jews globally are form attachments to Israel, yeah. and that their identity is Correct. is like so. It's like it's like a it's like a yeah, it's, and a, it's, it's actually an, it's a smart an, way. It's, it's, a, a, it's an investment, yeah, and a big investment, and it's very smart because I think it does work. I, I I agree. I think it does work. But in my case, I don't know. I guess I was lucky that way. In my group, again, coming from knowing very little and only recently disco- discovering, I even have something to do with that. 
uh, going there and again being fully hidden from the anything that's not like a kind of Jewish supremacy yeah. I don't know historical spin on what's going on there also we had um, I don't know how many at least one um, like uh, guard with the firearms might yeah. be more than one and then at some point um, military young military people join you for a few days I, I've did right but yes. that was like just they're not for your protection there they're just more for fun and to show you that you can probably join too the military is cool and, and yeah, sexy yeah cool <laughs> and sexy and, girl, and I think there was a pretty hot girl that joined us it's, hell yeah that's pretty uncommon definitely you never see like that in yeah. Russia women don't serve I mean, obviously it's, just, it's like they're really using these women to sell to sell the and man, man the, okay, they can it's spirit, all very it's militaristic star, starship troopers it's very starship troopers you know obviously not everyone is hot in Israel but I don't know do they pick the hot I'm sure they join? do yeah I'm sure they, <laughs> they do they were pretty hot I think both <laughs> genders um, yeah and so <laughs> and even two weeks is definitely enough to travel and see something and I definitely remember in especially Jerusalem because they do allow you they give you quite a lot of freedom to for some hours of the day to wander around because yeah. uh, that's the thing I think that's a big difference actually the birthright uh, at least when I was there you could go age 18 to age 26 yeah i think now so you're older than 16 you're like yeah. all of age yeah and now i think they even expanded it i think they they they're so desperate i think now it's 18 to might be something crazy like 32 31 oh, yeah but my <laughs> point is they're like yeah <laughs> widening yeah no it net. makes sense because they yeah it's because it's it's becoming less and less popular i mean in the sense that like people are going there already critical maybe a little i don't bit. know what's going on so yeah. but the, the net yeah. is widened but anyway so the people are pretty much kind of adults especially by russian standards definitely adults so we could wander around i remember like sort of semi wandering through the around jerusalem old town bazaar you kind of see checkpoints yeah you basically see it imagine i'm ignorant i don't know anything it's what? not that i'm educated i'm like what is this yeah and i think they definitely don't want to answer any questions and you ask them questions I'm trying to remember. Or someone asked questions about it? I think it? someone asked, but I definitely, it's like Matt with, I don't want to like exaggerate, not with hostility, but definitely with like shutting the conversation just down. So they don't even... Ex- I think they kind of like ignore you if you like go there. But I start, can't, yeah. because again, uh, my luck was in that even without knowing anything or having a particular position, whether pro-Zionist or anti-Zionist while at 18 going there, I, I think it's intuitively, I was like revolted by just the vibe there of this, like yeah. Jews stay together, Jews, Jews, you have to marry a Jew and uh, that's procreate. What they kinda kept, that's the message that they were trying to like... Uh, the message is like basically you either move here or support this place without moving here, even though moving here is really good, really yeah. when you need your, when you need your support. You, Jews are very special and they have to stick together because how special they are and they have to procreate and create Jewish babies and <laughs> basically that I, I mean I was young I really didn't know but from what other trips I've heard and from even American Jews it seems to be Taglid is very much kind of encouraged like hookup culture yeah basically you find your mate there yeah they almost like I think it's very encouraged yeah. and it's definitely just generally known checks on you you can probably be drunk all night or you can engage in all no, kind they, of sexual activity it's just very um, kind encouraged. of encouraged because you're not the people adults on a full on a fully comp yeah but it's also trip to israel if yeah. you really think from some conspiratorial point of view they're really pushing you there but it's not a conspiracy i think it's quite open about it i mean i think there's look it's that's what the whole point of this or that's the whole point of this yeah but they don't tell you that openly like but, but, but i mean they're not going to tell you but i don't think it's 
it's a conspiracy in terms of just the larger management and, and funding. And also considering how young you are, they're not off. Why the would they do so, like, so imagine if they advertise like in this on this trip, we're going to encourage that you have sex with the people that you're traveling with. Yeah, we, we encourage you. You get pregnant. In Israel, maybe you want to stay in Israel. You know, we will we'll, we'll allow you actually like an expedited um, pathway. Probably, yeah. probably. You can move. Never leave. Yeah. You don't have to leave. Yeah, yeah but anyway, I still can't finish the story. But somehow, <laughs> I think I was so lucky because intuitively I was really revolted by this. With the checkpoints and, and, and all that you it, saw. That. Yeah, no, but also like how they, it's also syrupy, the way the stories they tell and how they show you things and how everything is great here. And there was, I guess, some sort of sense about this under siege thing. Because yeah. why Jews are so special, why they have to yeah. move here and support their homeland. It's, it's also always was repeated. It's your home. It's your home. I think my home is Moscow. Yeah. I'm like, I'm thanks for the trip, but what is this? It's your home. Yeah. I'm, you know, in a Middle Eastern country. Yeah. By, by all means, you know, it's you're, you're, Middle Eastern at, at, country. At the time you were you were studying. Uh, fo- oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was studying the- Persian. I mean, it's pretty Middle Eastern culture there. I don't yeah. know. Like, what are you saying? It's my home. Anyway, that's a separate you, yeah, you issue. You grew up in Moscow. Your your family's from Moscow. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. Why you keep telling me this is my real home? Yeah, it, they were definitely very insistent on that and cultivating kind of this true. Like home. half of your family is actually just Russian from like different parts of Russian. A yeah. lot of people like that. You can go on Taglid even if you, I think, quarter Jew and yeah. you and you're one of your grandparents <laughs> in Jewish. So you can be pretty fucking diluted if yeah. you if you would say. But anyway, I was lucky because I met again intuitively people who were also revolted by what's going on. Yeah, and we kind of banded over just. Yes, intuitively over this weird syrupy cell like propaganda stuff yeah. again we, I, I don't think we were well informed on the uh, you know free Palestine on that design we were definitely were not but it was like some weird intuitive thing yeah but you're just it's obvious it's it's, it's like first of all aesthetic but it's also aesthetically you know but we, it's important we were not well informed we were not yeah. like some kind of activist you know Jews no, no, of Palestine yeah. not at all I didn't know much yeah and the people I pretty much banded with that there who are also from Moscow, obviously we came from Moscow. I'm, I'm actually friends still today, so I can't really complain. So they, like, actually what, they, you, you, they actually... The radicals yeah, of that you, group. Yeah, yeah. That's true, <laughs> your friends still friends with us. Yeah, a few people at least. Yeah, but anyway, so that, but it was, I guess, revealing. And I definitely didn't, like, feel necessarily after that trip pro-Israel or, like, it's my home or I have to come back. Yeah. I don't know. I think I did like the kind of the Tel Aviv vibe to just being a young person and it been kind of sunny and friendly, yeah. which is the opposite of <laughs> the opposite of Moscow and the opposite of average, I think like Western, not non-South, non-Southern Russia, just generally of Russia. So there's got clearly appeal. And yeah. I think people like it. Russian, Russian Jews, you know, they, whatever they are, you know, whatever the percentage of Jew they are, uh, yeah, they, people generally love Israel there. Yeah, uh, like and like, they like, they, cause they like going to Tel Aviv. They like hanging out. They like swimming in the in the Mediterranean. Yeah, they like going to the Red Sea, and they just like the fact that they're a. You can speak Russian there. Also, visa free. Visa free. Uh, for those Americans who don't know, with a Russian passport, you pretty much need pretty intricate. You get used to it. I get used to it from early age. You always need to get visas. It's a whole bureaucratic process. Not with Israel. You just yeah. can fly in, like usually Americans fly around the world. They put like some stamp. It's yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh, you go, and it's like good weather as opposed to like Moscow, which is shit weather. Winter is great. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like I guess Russians, even non-Jews, think of it as a whoa, what a great vacation place. Only. For four-hour flight, I think. Yeah. So it's definitely like a big destination. It's very close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. also, like, people get passports, I understand, 
because it's travel. like they you can travel and so if you're if you're Jewish and you can you know get a, a passport Israeli passport pretty easily. Uh, um, yeah, pretty easily. It's it's actually I don't know how I, I think even now it, it's been that program been open for a, for a yeah. long time. And if you're smart, actually, I have a few f- friends who are really smart about it. You don't even have to live there for a year to get that passport. Ooh. You like fly in for a, for, for a week. Know, <laughs> premium, premium subscribers can get. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I can expedite you. And that passport uh, basically allows you to travel m- m- easily more easily than Russia. Yeah, to pretty passport. much anywhere in the world, like all the, the whole the entire Western European world. European Union yeah. and stuff. But anyway, so so it's pretty, it's okay, it's cynical considerations, but so what? No, I mean, and look, in Israel, Israel and Russia uh, are have extremely, it's, it's actually pretty interesting because Israel is one of these countries where, you know, um, I mean, obviously it's like essentially an extension of, of, of the American empire. It's like the 51st, 51st state in a, in a way, you know, with, 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 like with a huge amount of independence That's uh, true. from from America, and it can kind of do whatever. But it really is an extension of America. Um, but it's also, on some level, an extension of Russia, mm-hmm. uh, because I mean, like the huge part of the population is is uh, born in the Soviet Union, or, or uh, I mean, has, and a sp- speaks Russian. Going there, we is it like about, over thirty percent? Something like that. Yeah, it, it's it's a huge. Yeah, it's might a huge, be more even. Yeah, it's a huge percentage of the population. Uh, so you, you can know, be we're very doing, comfortable we're doing a, there. Yeah. Episode on on Israel, but we, we we don't know the basic stats. But you know what? That's what Wikipedia is for. Um, <laughs> we're not here. We're not here to Google shit for you. Um, yeah. So so, but it's actually kind of interesting geopolitically because on the one hand. It's good because every country you kind of almost have to make a choice between do you, who do you side with? It's like look at like Ukraine or I don't know, Georgia or at least former regions of the Soviet Union. Um, you almost have to make a choice and it's like this big battle in, in the country between, between, between those things. But Israel is very fluidly, extremely fluidly is, is able to, is, has like, is a dual, is a dual country in a way because- Well, and, they're and, smart that and, way. And Russia has really great uh, relations with it. Um, most Russians, I think, su- su- most Russians support Israel against the Palestinians. Uh, and uh, Even uh, non-Jews, yeah. Yeah, non-Jews because, you know, most Russians see, the, see them as just like dirty Arabs, you know, dogs and who fuck them. Um, and I think at some point, even now, I don't know, there might be even more anti Muslim sentiment than anti Semitic. Yes, exactly. Cause it, cause, That's a new thing, exactly. anyway. So they think, oh, those. Whereas, whereas the Soviet Union actually was the other way around yeah, and, yeah. and su- supported the, the Arab states against. Um, against the Zionists. Is, is, against Israel and, yeah, against Zionism. Agenda. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. literally backed them financially and militarily. Um, um, and, but so, but it's, Israel is a weird, it's, it's a strange. Hybrid. When you go there, and we're both from, you know, we're both from these different cultures. From we're obviously you're not American, but you've lived here a long time, and you're from you're Russian, and you know I'm like was American Soviet hybrid, and like you go to Israel, and it feels like it has the such a strange feeling because you feel at home there because like you can it's a it's a foreign country in the Middle East, and you can just like speak to anybody, and you can, they either speak English or they speak Russian. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, and all everyone you look around, it's like wait, like these are people from your shtetl, like just they have tans, you know, it, like it well, has. Well, you the, seem very sensitive about it. Yes. I, I, that doesn't somehow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I just it has a, no. Well, to me, it's I, it has a it's a once very familiar. Um. And and feels almost 
homey, and I think why a lot of Jews do like it there because it feels you feel at home in this country. But at the same time, it's. I really feel it depends on where you come from. If yeah. you come from again a big city, and I think statistically speaking, from what I know from Russia, the sort of like success rate of those both Teglit programs and generally this proselytizing of Israel uh, for yeah. Jews to move there is only successful with very like smaller cities. So Rus- Jews or Russian Jews or a little bit of Jew from a smaller city would move to Israel, but. No one moves there from like even St. Petersburg, Verily, or Moscow. Yeah, that doesn't happen because when you say it's homey, no, it doesn't feel homey. Well, exactly. No, but <laughs> so, no, if, that's what I'm saying. It feels like a, a shtetl. It feels like a shtetl. It feels familiar. I mean, for me, I grew up in San Francisco. You know, I grew up in the same, obviously in Leningrad when I was eight, left when I was eight. And, and after that, I grew up in San Francisco in, in, in what is essentially a Ukrainian ghetto in San Francisco. <laughs> A Ukrainian Jewish ghetto in San Francisco because all my friends were uh, from Ukraine, from like small cities in Ukraine, really provincial uh, for the most part. Um, and and like when you go to you go to Israel, you go to Tel Aviv, and suddenly all these people are there, and they're like the majority of the people around you. Almost. Yeah, like you know? that. And, like, yeah. and, like, and, and actually, it actually is, you know, it gave me panic attacks because like they were just because I because I I don't really particularly like those people or like the mindset of those people and so when I go to Israel I get like I, I almost I'm a, in a constant like state of aggression yeah and, last and time we were flying so that's exactly so after couch surfing uh, not couch surfing we had actually our own room at my mom's place yeah. in Moscow and uh, we were flying to Israel I think you were almost like you acted unhinged. I almost beat we up were, a couple of old ladies. We were surrounded yeah. just by normal, I think I'm pretty sure they're Israeli citizens. Probably. We were flying through Moldova. They might have been like Moldovan Jews. Moldovan Jews, yeah. And they probably visited home in Moldova and going back to Israel because yes. they're clearly Israelis. Yes. But they are very, yeah, they're this kind of like sort of shtetl. Um, Moldovan shtetl. Moldovan grandmas and other characters, not just grandmas. They triggered me. They triggered they, Even just the faces. <laughs> Something about how they even language. hold themselves. I mean, well, the the, lady, the woman behind you kept grabbing. She every time she got up from from to, to, go, to go somewhere, she, she wasn't even that old. She just looked kind of old. Uh, but she she maybe is in her fifties. It's hard to tell with them because uh, kind of, like so she, every time she would go, go to the bathroom or something, she'd like grab the seat in front of her and and, and doing so she'd like grab a no, huge chunk of chunk of your hair no, instead of the seat. She kind of miss. Yeah, she and would like and use her head as and a, use my hat and to, as a like a what do you call it like? <laughs> I almost I had like I had a, a, I had an altercation almost with those ladies because she she just kept doing it and but it's actually kind of interesting. Yeah, to use me to get yeah. up instead of the it was seat. it was pretty petty, but yeah, but I get triggered by those people. Because That's the people there. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think and actually American Jews, American American, who are without like direct ties to the old country, they're they don't understand that and they don't get triggered that way. Yeah, yeah you know, they I don't think they no, get that to way. to them it's exotic and but, yeah, but, and they don't actually have that the same uh, familiarity. Yeah. You, and you know what? I mean, it's a banal saying, but it's sometimes true. Familiarity does breed contempt. Yes. So there's something if you feel close to them, they really trigger you. Well, I I don't I don't deny it. I mean, I'm like I grew up in a I, look. Uh, my, I, mean, I didn't know that that many Jews in the Soviet Union. I was a, I was a little kid, and so my my real um, experience with Jews are surrounding me, on all sides, <laughs> was in San Francisco, and for whatever reason, I fell in with this group of of kids and their families who were all Ukrainian Jews, like you know uneducated Ukrainian Jews from from small towns. And that's my experience. And they're actually, I, I love some of them. They're my, they're my friends. Yeah, and by the way, a lot of writers would be very jealous yes, of your insights. Yes, and I have funny, a lot of funny stories from them. And, 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 but like, 
still, you know, that, that whole world uh, triggers me. Uh, just, just, just the the the, the provincialness of, of the, the mindset and of the, the 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 small, tiny little world that they inhabit, um, and uh, the kind of the petty bourgeois kind of really just like just sort of the most pe most petty uh, values that they have, and 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 the mannerisms even. I mean, it's true. Like it does. I mean, I grew up in that, uh, and so so Israel is like packed <laughs> with. Shtetl Soviet Jews, uh, and it's just packed to the big to the brim with them. <laughs> and brim. So, so when I and they're like and they're weird because like they're not supposed to be all like tanned, you know. So it's like it's like they're like all these tanned shtetl Soviet Jews from like Moldova, from Belarus, from Ukraine, from like. And you're thinking like this is just this is like it's like almost a horror film for me when I go there. I, I on a on a on a on a subconscious level, I I'm like it's they're like oozing out of every out of every little crevice you know and i feel like you have to work it through in a <laughs> I, therapy i'm working I'm wor <laughs> why why would i want to work through it it's a good it's, it's a good hatred dude okay to i know before we move i know we are going to talk about palestine but i think it's insightful some of the stories about our previous trips before we ever been to palestine uh, are kind of interesting but a, a quick story uh, so we say how or you say how israel is basically sort of this like manages to straddle both yeah. like America and Russia and be somewhat friendly with yeah with both of those kind of empires but one thing that one country they're super unfriendly of besides generally kind of Middle East is Iran <laughs> and I have like a weird I mean obviously you would think but I have a weird story because uh, when I was flying that 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 my first time um, to the birthright program so I was 18 so I think it was like uh, second year of university and um, it was my second year of Persian classes and uh, I haven't been to Iran yet but I had this like little camera on me, I don't know what it do you have. It's not even DSLR; it's even cheaper ones. But I basically digital photo camera, and it wasn't in one of my bags when I was traveling. And somehow, I guess they frequently check cameras. I don't know why. Uh, and uh, they opened it up and they started looking through the pictures, and they saw that I had some pictures. It actually was just my from my classroom in Moscow, where um, I don't know if it was like actually ethnically Iranian teacher who was doing our like. Um, native speaker class or someone else but there was definitely like uh, in Persian language stuff was written on the blackboard oh, you I think I took pictures of that for a reason either we were learning something I don't know you I really was like, probably thought you were like Hezbollah or something <laughs> there were like a bunch of pictures of that kind of variety if you actually think what I was doing it was totally normal it's yeah. not suspicious to have that uh, but they freaked out <laughs> and I, actually I think that's how people learned about me in the group because this is a fairly big group maybe 30 people and they detained only me after they checked this camera and um, <laughs> they took me to a separate room and uh, you know they questioned me but I had only answers what else can I say I mean yeah. Check my, I don't so know. So they question you? What do they no, ask No, they you? like, what am I doing? What am I studying? Why do I have this Persian thing? Because they're very, I think. Yeah, because yeah. you're an Iranian, you're an Iranian agent, basically. <laughs> you're, a, you're there to make contact with some Hezbollah and like. I don't know. I think they might be even arms. more freaked out by that than if it was Arabic, because they see it's not Arabic. Obviously, they know. So and. Really? Uh, huh? They knew they, they could tell the difference. Someone could tell the difference between Persian and, and Arabic. On well, the, when it's written, of course you can tell. Ah, okay, but that's interesting. So the people mm, working the airport. Or they, they ask someone. You know, I don't gotcha. know. They, they immediately bring it to someone like what is this yes so there's, and there are clearly some people at the airport might be not tsa directly but yeah, or whatever you call whatever it i know it's not tsa it's like whoever texts you it's border security people yeah yes. but i but also i wasn't hiding i immediately told them what it is and um whatever but they're like the, what they say like why are you studying persian 
Oh yeah, I think that was why I think I didn't have an answer. What like, am I, I gonna know. say? Actually, I actually also I don't think I even have an answer now. <laughs> so I didn't have an answer. What am I gonna say? But I'm clearly not together enough, or it's all a ruse, right? Yes. To even be anything. Because you should have been like Mark Bar. But anyway, so the questioning wasn't long because I clearly was not like I was useless. Like I, I I don't see my like I was lying. I guess they can read. (laughs) Then they gave me, um, so they gave me uh, to some woman obviously because they're proper and the woman took me to a separate fully separate room just with her yeah i i was stripped to my uh, underwear to like panties yeah. like bra and not even bra a, you had to take the bra yeah i think and I what think, did she do i don't know i think she was like look I, she didn't do like a cavity search no 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 i think she did no i would have remembered that no but <laughs> it was still pretty like accumulating because what the hell wow i actually <laughs> didn't you know what i actually didn't, I didn't know that they you? stripped you to the un- no, no 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 i did that- i would tell the story a lot like Back I didn't in the know. day, I didn't. Know. I think I told you, wow. but uh, yeah, they didn't go further than that. And you know, again, I don't know. They might have put so my you, name. You, so what I remember you telling me is that they they did they try to do this game with you where they like ask you a series of questions. That's another time. Oh. And then I went the second time a few years later, already with an Iranian visa stamp, yeah. and which, f- which makes it much, much worse. It's not just pictures. It means I've been there and I have some business to do there. Oh. And uh, and they, yeah, they hold me for like over two hours uh, questioning me. But as it was on a separate trip, just with with my friend oh, for so a week. I thought you were like maybe smuggling some kind of you know uh, like uh, secret uh, communication between the. I don't like know between the Iranian Revolutionary Guard and and Hezbollah and Hezbollah and but they <laughs> love those stories. Israelis just made uh, actually a show called Tehran. It's pretty bad, uh, but they love that stuff. Something about the ethnically Iranian Jewish girl uh, who is uh, as a kid moved to Israel with a family and became obviously went to intelligence <laughs> and now back uh, in Tehran in her hometown doing some kind of hacker spying shit. Yeah. Anyway, obviously to to, to destroy the Iranian regime. To destroy Iran a nuclear some kind of new nuclear program i think pretty directly yeah. so anyway but yeah i mean israel is actually really interesting i mean when they detain me with already my iranian student visa it's it's actually interesting they have a pretty um i don't know if it's successful but it definitely feels a smart way of questioning uh, i don't know how other people do it they try to repeat the same questions that are really interested in every i don't know five minutes or so while between there's a fodder of just bullshit mm-hmm. that, that you just chit chat about or questions that are clearly probably n- not relevant and they always come back to something that is relevant trying i guess to see if it's going on for hours if you start giving different answers different answers because you're lying yeah which if you think about it i, I probably have a smart way to go about well, it I mean, but I, I think it's pretty, sta- pretty sta- okay standard. i've never been questions like questions yeah. like that in you know I mean, at least yeah it's like hours. they're doing some classic like hollywood thriller uh classic hollywood fun? thriller i was excited <laughs> yeah. i was in the room <laughs> With the yeah, at and the you airport. Just, and you're like, yeah, well, I'm, I I just study I just study uh, Persian. I think for them it doesn't fit. If I'm Jewish, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why am I doing? You're this? You're telling me that they asked you like, why are you doing this? You're a Jewish woman. You're like, you're like, why are you like with a Jewish man? Like, what are you doing in Iran? I think I said, uh, not not doing in Iran. But I've been to Iran. Yes. Like, what I are you doing? I think I said there? I have yes. like a Jewish boyfriend, but it's not like gonna pacify. No, them. it's like, what are you doing? Like, you're Jewish. Why are you are you a traitor? And you, that's, that, 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 I think that, there was that, that was the kind of because I, I recall yeah, there that. was something like that because I think the only way they're interested in you doing that if you join the Mossad. Yes. Like, <laughs> I think 
why aren't you traveling to Israel with, you know, well, I mean, to trying to travel to Iran while we're paying you? Yeah, I think <laughs> if you're with Mossad, no questions yeah, asked. Obviously. But if you're not, what's even the point? How, what, yeah. is there a money well, yeah, in it? You're, you're going to Iran, but are you, are you helping us destroy it? <laughs> yeah, basically. Man, isn't it hilarious? Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a totally, it's a totally paranoid, um, fortress, uh, mentality, uh, siege mentality. Definitely. Um, shtetl, a shtetl, a fucking shtetl. And you know, and then they say Iran is paranoid with like constantly trying to say someone was a spy. What if they were? I actually have a different take yeah. on that. What if they were? I mean, there are a lot of, I mean, think about how, what they're able to do just to assassinate, to assassinate just people like recently, that. Just recently, yeah. Multiple people doing an assassination in the middle, in the, in the middle of, of, of Iran and just vanishing in the middle. You know, it's like, yeah. that's some serious penetration of the country. Yeah, yeah. and I think their no paranoia is very justified. No one does that and no one does that in Israel even, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess they're, they're good agents. I mean, I, they're, I, yeah. they're, they're good at what they're doing. So people in, in Iran are rightly paranoid and sometimes yeah and whatever they catch people yeah. I don't immediately go with the kind of western idea that oh an innocent hiker there might be but I don't immediately going to believe it yeah. innocent, no. innocent woman teacher because I knew like oh innocent because when you, when, you, when you spent a year in Iran you um, you actually knew someone that was was accused of being a not spy not personally right? because she was already <laughs> detained and released I think even uh, what was it uh, who was the president back then the kind uh, of uh, no. no 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 the French president paid for oh, her oh uh it was um, the short uh, guy, uh, <laughs> not Marconi, short Sarkozy. <laughs> Sarkozy. So it was a French Iranian uh, young woman. No, she was just a French woman. Uh, she was supposedly French. Um, she was studied a little bit of Persian, but she was, I think, teaching French in Iran or something like that. Uh -huh. Very sort of low key. I was friends with a girl who used to be friends with her, and she was still at my school yeah. when I was there, uh, because she was a PhD research student from Luxembourg. But basically. Um, you know, like one, I don't know what you call it, one handshake removed. Yeah. And who knows? So she was accused, she, she was arrested and accused of being a spy for French. She was arrested and accused of being a spy, but they immediately just, I guess, I don't know, who knows, is it connected because she was French and lucky that way they they didn't hold her at Avin, the usual prison for for those people long, maybe even very short. They immediately gave her to the French embassy um, in, um, wow. in Tehran, but they didn't want to release her from the country. And I remember that, uh, it was right a little bit before my time, but basically Sarkozy, um, I think they had to pay, uh, you can check it in the news, 500,000 euros or something for her, mm -hmm. for her release. Something of that kind. Yeah. Which, I wonder why the hell they paid. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, no I mean, well, they no, probably... No, 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 yeah. They I mean, probably want their citizen back, but it's, but yeah, like people immediately accuse Iran of, 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 of making this thing up or being paranoid. From what I know, the, the real uh, kind of what led to her arrest, not just being a French teacher who is friendly with Iranians. Obviously, you kinda, if you're interested in the culture, you're probably going to be friend, friendly with Iranians and then immediately can be suspected by being a spy to, for, for your country, I guess. But the, the thing with her, I think um, there were a wave of protests already. The, yes, um, the and I think she either got... And sometimes it really can just happen because it almost happened to me. You kind of walk through downtown and there's some protest stuff and the most idiotic thing for a foreigner and that's what she did and supposedly the girl I knew who was her friend said it obviously wasn't on purpose she was like taking some pictures of that yeah and then traveling again with a camera or something like this and then, and then traveling and then they saw the pictures mm -hmm. on there gotcha. yeah from what I know it's just the pictures it's funny it's almost like my story with Israel yeah. so 
kind of dumb thing to do because what yeah. are you pro protester what does it mean yeah might mean, might mean completely nothing yeah but uh, again you know the paranoia you know. the paranoia is somewhat justified but anyway so i kind of know those stories and they're i don't know what to, to make of them I mean, yeah they're like under siege by america and by mm -hmm. by israel and by just you know the european union and like on all sides yeah. in reality rather than with israel being kind of like it's a it's not really a like they're not really there's no siege they're like they are the aggressors in the area yeah and I, and if some kind of spy gets inside the country i mean can happen i guess but what are they gonna again, do yeah Again, I yeah. don't know. It seems to be frequently the other way around. But anyway, I don't know. We should talk about Palestine. Yeah, sure. Anyway, I feel like we um, got sidetracked. We got a bit sidetracked there. All kind of stories, but they're sort of relevant. I, I don't think we have to justify us saying things. Okay, fine. Can, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, we can be confident, confident in our opinions. Okay, let's back roll to... Okay, we found ourselves again couch surfing in um, Israel last fall. And without any kind of planning, we decided to just take a bus, basically visit Palestine. Before we went to... Uh, into, into West Bank itself. Into the West Bank itself and went through the checkpoints and we, we first hung out in East Jerusalem um, and spent some time with a, a friend of a friend, a Palestinian guy who lives in the Palestinian village in East Jerusalem. and Filmmaker, journalist. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and just he kind of showed us the ropes and, and you know, talked, talked about it. He's actually... I mean, his family's kind of went through uh, went through quite a, quite a bit, bit of, a, of a crazy situation where his one of his cousins basically was... Um, I think like in, no, it was like 2014, maybe in 2015, one of his cousins was a kid. He was maybe like, he was a teenager and he was abducted in the middle of the day by these, by these Zionists uh, and killed. And then they tried to burn his body. And just, it's like he was abducted like from in front of his house. In, 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 in no, I think he was killed by burning from what we were told. Ah, that's right. Which that's is right. even more insane. Yes, they, they actually, they actually burned him alive. Yes. Yes, that's right. They burned him alive. And. It was a big. It was actually a big international scandal, um, and we hung out with him for a bit. And it just you know the the kind of the insanity of um, of uh, of being a Palestinian <laughs> who lives in a village that's been in the in, in the extended family uh, for generations and generations and generation generations, and to be uh, stateless and have no um, even like paperwork uh, that is that 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 uh, guarantees any kind of like freedom of movement within your own within your own in your own town you know in your own village it's 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 and having no protection and and the village is interesting because they've everything is calling everything is um you know it, it, israel is like completely um paved over a big chunk of it they like built this brand new um uh like a light rail right to the village to connect to connect, to connect kind of the center of Jerusalem with some settlements, legally built settlements that were... It's pretty nice, though, to take it. No, no, it's crazy. So they, well like, it's almost them. like they've been, they're gentrifying it, essentially. And they're, um, they're, so they're cutting right through it with this light rail line. So you can get on, you can get um, on, on, on this tram. In the center of Jerusalem. Yeah, in the center of Jerusalem yeah. and just take a, take a, take a, take a trip to, to this Palestinian village and then if you go further, there are these uh, settlements um, that you can kind of see that are on the hill. And it's sort of a waypoint. So it's like, a, it's, a very, it's very strange. It's like you wouldn't even, if I didn't even, if I didn't know um, what that was like, and you would just sort of go buy it on this tram, let's say you were like, and, and you'd think, oh, it's just, an, it's just another part of Jerusalem. It's like probably some Jews live there. It's not a big deal, but it's actually <laughs> like an occupied village. And, 
And it's like, and clearly, I mean, it's in preparation for complete, you know, annexation of this land and, and kicking people off the, this chunk of land. Um, and um, remember he was saying, which was very, like, fucked up and surprising, like, that if he got, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but if he was able, if he was going to get foreign citizenship, right, because mm-hmm. he was, he's, he's married to a, 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 someone from Polish. the European Union, yeah, uh, yeah, that he would actually potentially lose his right to inherit that is correct. The land in his in his in his native village. Yeah. Uh, the only second citizenship that you can have, or not even second, some citizenship Palestinians can have is American. Yes. To not lose inheritance. Yeah. There was the Obama administration pushed through something where they forced Israel to if you have, if you if you have dual citizenship with America and you're Palestinian. Well, not even dual. He yeah, has yeah, none. He has Jordanian. He has a Jordanian travel. Um, yeah, it's not document. even a citizenship. He has you know? no citizenship at all. But if you have, let's say, American citizenship, then you retain the right to inherit your own land. Yeah, your own to house. Own your own whatever, land. Yeah. And you own your own house. So, like in, in that way, if people are tired of, you know, be basically not being able to travel, not being able to go anywhere, just stuck in your own, in this in this in, in your own village, like, and you try to get sec- uh, citizenship anywhere else, let's say in the European Union you lose you you potentially forfeit the right to own land to own to your own land and so like it's a way of again like this this war of attrition against the, the local population to get them you know to to boot them out and to get people to leave so because it's too complicated it's too too, too too much of a pain in the ass to deal with so if people who have the opportunity to leave leave right and so like you can see this we saw this as in, in infrastructure it's like it's like gentrification but with like a military occupation on, on top of it it's pretty bizarre you know even even in east jerusalem you see it it's like um and you have all these like orthodox you know very religious jews kind of little kid thugs kind of riding that tram line you know and like go, going by the palestinian village all the time you know like when we when we took that tram that's true yeah and we were ba- i remember we had to like run off the tram because we were not paying because we decided not to buy the tickets we, we we successfully um used israeli public transportation without paying but it was a really fucked up situation. Like it's extremely, like normal. It's a totally normal env- environment. This is what people have to deal with. But it's like, um, yeah, it's it's it's. I, I'd never. Um, I mean, you, I've read about it obviously qu- quite a bit. About, uh, but it's it was it was the the mundane like quality of it and 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 the and the feeling of gentrification. You know, like because it's like almost a European tram in in you know in East Jerusalem. It's all like German trainers. Yes, yes, exactly. Can kind of hop on or off. It's very kind of user friendly, Um, and but it's like but it's actually a bit part of a part of an ever expanding um, occupation and attempt to just push the last you know bits of people that still remain on this land out of there, Uh, and and then and then like to have your cousin basically just abducted and burnt to death, burnt alive right outside of that tram essentially yeah and again being a kind of no citizen of no country or like the friend we made also if something happens with his documents i mean i think it's dark on all levels i I, i'm so ignorant of that uh once he was uh, because he's a journalist a filmmaker he told us a story he was i think shooting something um in spain yeah he can't travel of course but on uh, on on a jordanian travel document and uh, his stuff was stolen, his like suitcase with like camera gear, whatever. And there were his documents there. And so I would think, oh, okay, what? so what a person like that has to do? Yeah. Go to an embassy, but what kind of embassy 
and he go Israeli embassy in Spain or oh, I don't know yeah. and it's I mean I don't know I think I, I need to retell the details of it but it's like one, should, one of yeah, the most humiliating excruciating yes. experience you can go through and I believe it's completely inhuman and the fact that he's sort of like really Israeli's just home or whatever you call that land I, yeah. I don't I don't want to be divisive yeah he shouldn't go through that because they they treat you like worse probably than they treated me thinking I was uh, an Iranian spy. Um, yeah, and the stripping goes way worse and like the cavities check. And they, the no, whole they, thing. they put him into, a, a, like into a, yeah, but they put him into this like underground bomb proof uh, chamber in the embassy where they, because they, they thought that he was, he came to the embassy and he was going to blow it up. I mean, that's the way that they treated him. They treated him as like a live like a terrorist. terrorist. That, a terrorist that, was, but that they, they have to deal with yeah, him. Yeah, they, they, he's primed to blow them up. And so, but they have to like, but they have to deal with him because, uh, and so they, the way that they, it's like he's taken to a dark, dark cell, un, un, dark cell in the embassy, stripped, completely stripped, cavity searched, right? It takes, it takes hours to do, get anything done. He has like, he's a totally different um, kind of facilities that he's, that he uses, you know, uh, from, you know, what Israelis use, even yeah, though he lives in Jerusalem. Yeah, it's like, the, the whole thing is pretty insane. Uh, the way that, and it's a, humi- it's a, it's almost like it's a, process designed to humiliate him and make it, you know, like basically, I mean, I, I, it's pretty clear that it's designed to push people like him out of this, out of his own country. Yeah. Which I guess not that hard after, <laughs> after a few instances like that. Well, yeah. 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 But, uh, but yeah, so, so initially yeah, that was our first experience. And on the flip side, he was saying that, oh, sorry to interrupt you on the flip side, he was saying that they like make it hard to live in your vill- in your village and they make it hard um, hard to travel anywhere obviously but then on the uh, on the other side is that there is a special jewish fund mm-hmm. that is always trying to buy up land and so like if That's you right. are like you want you, you let's say you got citizenship or you want to emigrate out of you want to emigrate out of palestine uh there's like the jewish fund that will pay top dollar for your land and so he was saying that you know there's people in his family and his extended family that sold out and that land that their land now belongs to some 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 basically an israeli family lives there and like and that is just like you know you're 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 seen as a traitor by your by your community but at the same time it's also understandable that you want to leave and want to like not have to deal with this shit so there's like this these dual pressures uh bearing down on you on the one hand like money waved in your face and then yeah. and, and making it impossible for you to live uh in jerusalem yeah it was a really it was really sad and uh, it was like living with him for a couple of days it's like uh feeling like you're i don't know you're like in a in this stay state of low level siege constantly for psychological real, not yeah. the way the israel tells you you are yes. remember like on both our trips they sort of like we're under siege yes uh, who is see no one's <laughs> yeah no one's besieging you yeah you're the one with the- you're the one besieging so it's like w- once you really cross without any kind of paid <laughs> expenses trip once you really go there you kind of see actually who is besieging who yeah no and and it's it's amazing again and it's like one of those it's like one of these neighborhoods i mean we say it's a village but it actually just looks it's feel, it feels like a suburb it's a suburb yeah it's suburban i mean it's nice it's a nice it's a nice uh, neighborhood like it's it's uh, you know nice stone houses that are built by these by by families that mm-hmm. that have lived there forever but like if you if you don't know if you actually it's like parallel reality so if you're just a tourist let's say you're an american jewish tourist just in jerusalem and you're like, take this tram just because you want to see, oh, what's there? You know, let's take a tram. Let's get on and see what the, it's at the end of the line. You will go by this village thinking that it's just a normal, you know, no, normal suburb, 
Yeah. And just like, you know, oh, yeah, there's just, you know, uh, Israeli Arabs live there. You know how they talk about them. Oh, it's Israeli Arabs. And you think, oh, yeah, look, what a nice life they have here. Look, they're just walking around. They get on the same, um, they can use the same infrastructure. Oh, well, speaking of infrastructure, even their trash doesn't get picked up. Yes. Or there's some kind of weird leeway, which, again, if they live in Israel and pay fees, taxes, whatever whatever it is, cost to live there uh, in your house, something with with the trash, which they purposefully miss. (laughs) That's right. He says they they, they regularly don't pick up the trash. And you can almost like, I forgot how they deal with it. No, I forgot how he deals with it or other neighbors, because again, they skip them and then go to the settlement. Yes, Yes. and and also what they do is they they also uh, never um, approve building permits. Mm -hmm. So if someone wants to build, if if you own a a piece of land or your own family owns a piece of land and you want to build a new you know, extension to the house or you want to build some new structure there because there's a, you know, there's a bunch of land that's kind of open. Um, Israel will not permit you to build there and will make just for, for, for no reason. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, they're approving constantly new settlements just, just up, up the street. And so it's a way of constantly basically dehumanizing you by like making, making, sh- ma- making sure that like your neighborhood is full of trash. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and like, ghettoizing you in another way making sure that you live in cramped quarters because yeah. you don't have enough space because you're not Which allowed is to interesting. expand and then probably that's what's really happening and then uh, for people from outside that it might seem yes you live in a cramped quarters with trash with trash everywhere uh, with trash everywhere because you have no culture because you're just a trash person you're trash yeah because yeah, yeah. We, we, meanwhile and then like just like uh, uh, one kilometer down the street like there's this new shiny um you know settlement that's like everything's clean everything's it's a very nice devious way so you don't pick up the trash you don't allow to build anything and then it yeah. looks like that that just the people <laughs> no it's <laughs> like it's enforced character. They're it's just like you're character. keeping you're keeping the the population palestinian population in jerusalem on purpose um, like dirty yeah. and in like sort of ramshackle uh, housing um, and, and miserable, but also, yeah, visually it immediately creates a divide. And you're not Definitely. even, and we're not even talking about, like, we're not even in the West Bank yet. I mean, this is like the an- annexed Jerusalem where there is a, you know, annexed and connected by all the infrastructure yeah. to like, you know, Israel proper, quote unquote. Um, and so this is like all, immediately you see it, even, even as you get close to the occupation zone. Or the West Bank, um, like you see already the gradients of that, and, yeah. and it's it's. But again, it's one of those things where if you drive, if you just if you're just if you're a tourist just driving by that, you you, you don't really, yeah. Again, you you see, oh look at this, oh it's an Arab um, Israeli Arab suburb. Oh look, yeah, oh yeah, they're dirty and kind of thing. But like, why are they living like that? They're yeah. connected by this really nice infrastructure. What's but you wrong know with what, what? What's interesting? Um, I mean, I obviously met actually in America quite a number of people who um, they might not even be Jews, not always Jews, who go to Palestine to do you know humanitarian work of all yeah. of all kinds. I don't, I don't know. They might be in some part of Jerusalem. Definitely a lot in the West Bank. At this point, I guess you can go to Gaza, and I kind of could understand why because the feeling there. I mean. I, I don't want to be too moralistic, but the sense of injustice is one of the highest I've ever witnessed. Yeah. I mean, I've been to some poor countries, but the just the divide and the the immediate just um, I don't know. It, it's sort of stupefying that yeah. it's it's that way. I can see why people kind of drawn from I guess like richer countries to yeah because it's there's a, some meaning and, there, and, right? And also why and also exactly and also why the propaganda counter propaganda mm-hmm. and. Uh, the demonization of anyone who 
uh, has any sort of sympathy of, to the Palestinian people who exhibits even an ounce of sympathy to them and it, and and or and criticizes the Zionist project and how and that like you com- just the hammer comes down on them you know like because the reality once you go there if you see it with your own eyes and and you're not and you're not like super ideological because if you're a Zionist and you see it with your own eyes then it doesn't matter what you see because you just see it through the prism of your own of your own well, you're ideology yeah your prism of your own fascist ideology and you think that stuff is necessary and you think that like the Palestinians are responsible for this it's because they're the aggressors blah, blah, blah. You, all sorts of different ways of justifying it but if you see it and you don't you're either neutral or, or ignorant. Let's say ignorant is good. Yeah, ignorant. That's what I'm saying. Neutral, ignorant. ignorant. And and if someone actually shows you, yeah. and I think which is something that we want to get to, like, because there's a thing that we stumbled upon, like, totally didn't. I didn't even know it existed. Um, I think I found it. Could you it found be? it. Yeah, or, but you found it. But like, I didn't even know such a thing existed in 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 um, Palestine, the the Banksy Hotel. Yeah, yeah. And because like, um, I mean, I think a lot of people who are uncommitted or don't know, like, I've heard obviously a lot about Israel and the Palestinian project, and and are like, aren't like, because most people aren't really that committed to one side or the other. But if you go there and you're like, yeah, uncommitted or neutral, it's like immediately as you, as you approach, as you approach the wall, wall, (laughs) yeah, you approach the wall, it's like the stuff becomes obvious. And then once you cross the wall, Mm-hmm. It's like which is so easy, by the way. Which, which it's like it's like I don't know. It's like traveling into some kind of uh, to some movie set. You know, like you were, like you were. You had a great comment. It's like a mixture of all these different movies that uh, dystopian movies. Unfortunately, like, the movies I love, so yeah. it feels as if I'm like disaster tourist, which I'm not. Yeah. But it's really all the my, all one of my favorite movies. It definitely feels very much like District Nine. Yes. If, if people have seen it, which you know Neil Blomkamp did make a movie that does talk about apartheid yeah it's apartheid but also even today like the feeling what what it is like to be in the, this divisive country yeah, yes. you know with um the, townships with the, you know yeah, and the prawns and the humans yeah, yeah the prawns and townships and the, south the africa insects, and the, humans. the insects and the, and the humans yeah yeah so there's district nine there's definitely a sense of total recall where someone controls your oxygen but in that case the water because all yeah. the water controlled by israelis or just can controls get all your resources yeah. all resources that you can actually live on which water is so essential like oxygen Almost. So yes. I think it's very. Control close. of water is actually extremely important, and, and I was actually I was actually reading up on it a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, because Israel is a pretty dry, you know, area, and it's like actually a lot of the aquifers are in t- Palestinian t- territory, you know, like and so. Interesting. Uh, and so there's like it's a huge amount. They like they've aqu- control of aquifers and control of water sources mm-hmm. like the, one of the uh, most important, you know, strategic uh, uh, imperatives of Israel and like and and so yeah, it's control of water is like. A, Huge thing, and the Palestinians pretty much have lost control of their of their water supply. So they at the mercy. And we, and and we can talk about it because there's one of the one of the refugee camps that we took a tour of and we visited. Like, um, I mean, <laughs> it's like it's like like total recall in the sense that they get like oxygen or they get water pumped in. Yeah, once a week you get like there's a few hours once a week where the water is turned on and every the, the entire uh, refugee camp, which is essentially now like like a real city. It's like do you remember the name housing. of it? Um, it's a famous one actually in Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Yeah. Well, we, so much for. Well, we <laughs> took the, we took the, we took this trip a, a, more than a year ago, so we, it's, it's understandable yeah. we don't. But it's a big one in Bethlehem. But yeah, and so you have a few hours a week to 
get all the to pump all the water I guess you can pump like, yes, into fast. your what do you call it? Like these storage these storage tanks that everyone storage has tank on the roof. On the roof. Yeah. And by the way, that's how you can tell it's a Palestinian home even just driving by. Yeah. Pretty much all Palestinians have like interesting big water tanks on the roofs. Yeah. That's where they keep water. But yeah, so the water it just with to finish the movie idea and obviously Starship Troopers, but that's an obvious one. Yes. Once you like the, familiarize the yourself. Fascist. It's sort of the beautiful fascist. <laughs> the young soldiers. hot fascists who are also of both genders important. And mo- and multiracial. Because sort of multiracial. No, it's not sort of. It's multiracial because you have people in the idea from uh, from all over the place. You have you have you know just whatever Israel, Israeli Jews. You have Ethiopian Jews. Um, they're pretty low on the totem pole, yeah, but yeah, they're but there. No, but they're in the IDF, and so you have actually brown people lording over brown people. So it's not like it's not a totally. I mean, that's what makes Israel kind of interesting, and in why it's like a it's a, it is a diverse fascist identity <laughs> because you have Jews from all over the world. You know, like you have. From from Ethiopia to Ukraine to Yemen um, to like Uzbekistan, you know, I mean, you have a lot of the Jews come from all over the place, and here they are, you know, in these checkpoints. Mm-hmm. Like it's like the United Colors of Benetton, right? <laughs> and so you have you know black people and white people and brown people, yeah, in IDF uniform, uh, manning the checkpoints and and doing patrols. That's true. And they're all young. Yeah, and fairly attractive. And, and it's yeah, fa- attractive in a very fascist kind of way. Yeah, very stern and dangerous. Strong. Yes. So it's, it has a very a definite like Starship Troopers vibe. Um, it was when you when you walk when you when you cross that wall. But yeah, but in short, yeah, it's a very it's a very cinematic thing, which is I guess I mean not the right way to actually even talk about this place, but definitely very cinematic. And uh, okay, and the way in, I would say. Aida. Aida. Yeah. Okay. Aida. Aida refugee camp in Bethlehem. But um. Yeah. But the way to even find out about this without particular connection, I think, is rather great because Banksy. That Banksy has uh, founded a, a hotel that initially was. I think it's supposed to be like a pop-up thing, mm-hmm. but it, it stayed and it, it's mm-hmm. there. Uh, that's called the Walled Off Hotel and it's um, uh, in Bethlehem, but very close, like right by the wall. So when we, we didn't even have a car, so we just took a bus from Jerusalem to Bethlehem to the wall mm-hmm. <laughs> of the Bethlehem and then walked. And to walk from that point where the bus drops you to the hotel is like maybe seven minutes, something crazy, very yes. close. Remember, it's, yes. it's very reachable. So it's right on the edge. It's right on the edge of uh, Bethlehem. Bethlehem yeah. and the, the the border of where the, proper and, and Israel. It sits on the street that's cut off by the the border wall. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 very easy to to reach. We took a bus um, because most. Because uh, I mean, there's actually a kind of a again. There's like all these different ways that once you once you actually get in there, you see all these different ways in which the dehumanization happens, and like the, 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 the Palestinians are separated from everyone else, including you know Israelis, but also anyone else from anywhere in the world, right? I, as I understand it, like Palestinians can't go through on a bus through the through the the, the checkpoint. Yeah, okay. And so the Waldorf Hotel is by food very close to the wall. And it's, um, you know, for the area, it's definitely, you know, like a fancy boutique hotel. But by the Western standards, it's very affordable. Yeah. Again, by the standards of, I don't know, what's your point re- reference of, I don't want to say it's cheaper than Ace Hotel. Much cheaper. Much cheaper. But then 
It's a Banksy hotel. It's a, the, the the whole hotel is the whole hotel Full is of his art. Uh, half of the hotel is designed by Banksy. So the, the 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 lobby and the kind of the restaurant area. It's a, it's a pretty it's a small hotel. It's a small building. I think um, there are only ten rooms. Or ten rooms. Like that. Yeah, there are only ten rooms. And so, but the entire bottom of it is this, is like packed with Banksy art. If you mm-hmm. can imagine, like. You know, that stuff is like, it's like, I don't know how many hundreds of millions of dollars is packed into that little room, you know, in terms of just the art market, how much they would pay for it. That's true. And that's actually unwise because I didn't see what guards. What do you mean unwise? It's rifle. part of the whole project. No, no, no. But I didn't see like, let's say guards with no, big rifles no, no, it's like <laughs> protecting a, it's, his art. No, no. It's a totally <laughs> I mean open, that. You, you sit among like Banksy art. The whole thing is designed by Banksy. So you yeah, actually. Yeah, but I didn't think actually how much it's all worth. Yeah. How much, if was, you it, start, how much was that thing that printed and got destroyed? How many millions? 1.4 million. Um, so yeah, so you know, it, it was packed. It's packed with I don't know, 100 million dollars worth of art because of his little painting that got shredded. Um, um, recently, yeah, so, sold for a, a million and a half, pretty much. Uh, you know, the whole the whole lobby is packed with and banks are. It's kind of surprising. And then the rooms that are above the lobby are all designed by different Palestinian artists. And and it's opened up in like 2017. It was just only run for a year. Mm-hmm. But then. Uh, Apparently he he he's no longer a partner to it, but he donated all his donated his um, art and is he this, not attached to the management of this? No, I think it's just I know a local the Palestinians effort. run it. I think yeah. it's just a local effort now, and so because it was so popular and, and kind of a, has a big impact, um, it um, yeah, like it, it, it's now running in its third year where it was supposed to only run for a year, and so when we went there, like you know, we had this room that's on the second floor. It's this corner room. And it like you open up you open up the windows and it's like on one on once on the out of the one set of windows is like just the, a wall just like it's like a, I don't know three meters away from you just the top part of the wall you're looking at a at a division or a border wall and then through the other set of windows across a parking lot I mean you we're like staring directly into a guard tower like that where uh, Israeli soldiers are sitting with their weapons and so it's like it's a weird thing to do you you wake up and you um, you open up the shades and you're in your underwear and you're looking like directly oh, at them. Even. Yeah, or directly at them. And it's and it's like sounds like uh, uh, cheap and kind of um, almost like, like a rich asshole move, but it doesn't feel that way. Because it's like because it, 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 it makes it's it, it, what's interesting about I mean, I, I, I'll just say it like straight. Like, I, I think the Banksy Hotel is like the only um, effective piece of political art that I had ever seen and I was kind of blown away with it. I, I didn't know what to expect because I think you, we just learned about it on the internet you learned about it on the internet and we just booked it like a day in advance yeah because we didn't know where we were going to go and so we went there and I was like I was totally we were both of us totally blown away by it because you're in this the Banksy draws you to it right and the Banksy draws all these different tourists from Europe um, and it's like, kind of like a cool thing to visit because everyone at Banksy is just such a huge name in, in the art world and in just popular culture even but you get there and it's what's on display. It's like, a, it's on a way it's a museum that you look out at something, but what's on display is not Banksy's art or the Palestine. Like the wall is on display. Like yeah. the, the occupation is on display. That's what you're seeing. And that thing is real. It's not like some kind of construct no, no. that models some sort of like weird, let's say poverty tourism. No. And then you're there, fine, you're attracted by Banksy or you're some kind of yeah. art <laughs> hanger on and you just want to see this. You come in there and then what's interesting, they immediately, I mean, it's it just pretty good ma- management, I guess, and, and employs some people and gives them some money, the locals. Uh, you, you can choose from a few tours uh, by the locals. Yeah. 
uh, that immediately take you because you are by the wall that <laughs> take you to the tour of the yeah. wall because again what do you, the hell do you know yeah. but the locals that have nothing to do with the art world they're like I don't know what their even profession is outside of just tour guides yeah I don't know if they're really tour because guides there's not enough but they just like that's what they do a little bit on the side might they be on the side they I don't know they, all I'm saying they're really poor people who live there yes like real Palestinians who real live Palestinians, in, 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 in Bethlehem they're not just like fancy tour guide who no, takes you on a no. tour of this disaster thing all i'm no. saying they're real people who yes. just on the side i don't know a few days a week probably do this tours yes that's how it feels and it's not like a huge amount of tourists come there no yeah, no, yeah. no no so it's not some kind of like a very lucrative thing no um, it's not it's not yeah. yeah and the real palestinian takes you uh, on a tour and then that's how you actually find out and that's how you really um kind of <laughs> the doors open into this real world yeah. that and you forget everything about banksy who cares where he's staying yes and you get to see uh you probably know better how to call it well it's so, so yeah, so like they do this the the tour that we that we went on, which is like a regular tour that the um, that tell offers like every day at like you know two o'clock or three o'clock or something. You you know the, you go on this tour and you get you start out at the hotel, you start out in front of this wall, and you kind of walk along the wall. Um, and you know they tell you the history of how how it came to be, like what the city was before. You know the history of 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 the uh, the occupation. Uh, and and they take, give you kind of a tour of like the these different aspects of what the wall is, and w w w like, you can almost see it from the hotel room actually um, from our from our window. It's like there's a because the wall runs right through the city, and it and it like does these weird. Um, it actually has these weird uh, uh, strange path. It's not like straight because it like they they um, redirect it to to. Mm, like carve out certain um, parts of the city that Israel wanted to keep. Like there was an old, um, there was like an old, um, I think it was like a mosque, a mosque that like Israel basically uh, What about circled. a cemetery? Yeah, and it ran right through a, 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 a cemetery in Bethlehem, uh, like it's right through the graves basically. And then, and so he, you know, he took us on his tour and said like, yeah, look, look at these cups filled with urine and bottles filled with urine that soldiers up in the uh, guard towers they don't want to go to the bathroom so they piss in these bottles and they throw it right into the into the cemetery like and so there's like these graves are littered with you know piss bottles it's just gross and and then the, and there's another feature it's like it's a very um this is a very verhoven kind of f feature because it's the wall it, it's sort of it's you know made out of this these concrete slabs dug into the earth and then but then in one corner you turn and it's like a giant metal door that, that slides that away. slides yeah. open <laughs> and it's like and then uh, surrounding that door are these concrete um, barriers where um, put there in, in in Palestine right put put there so that Israeli snipers and Israeli people with yeah. guns can like run out when this door opens and a door is big enough to you know a, that a tank can drive through it so it's a giant fucking door um, it's like two stories tall I don't know and like a house wide and it be and and so they can when you know when one of their cars if there's like a protest or they want to quell some 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 they want to grab somebody they like open this door a tank comes out people with rifles like run really out a tank or like a armored vehicle armored, armored yeah. vehicle people with guns run out they hide behind these barriers that are already placed there for themselves so they can sh take sh shots at people and protect themselves and on top of that is this like remote control cannon um, and the way, and that cannon sprays skunk juice, uh, what's known as the skunk there juice. There are a few of them. 
Yeah. You can see this kind uh, is it called cannon? It's like, like a water cannon, but it sprays but it sprays um a specialized especially like toxic chemical Sticky, liquid yeah. that um is like I think modeled on a skunk's spray. So it, like if it hits you, you immediately start throwing up and you can't get rid of the smell for yeah, for days or weeks even. And it's like and and so this wall kind of runs right through the city and it runs um and you're like the hotel that you're staying in is like looking at all that and and seeing all that and so the um you know the hotel is like i mean if there's if any art can radicalize or any kind of art installation can radicalize someone and actually change their political beliefs i mean or it's, give them some beliefs or, or just give change. them something or give them an insight or yeah no but bring them over to a certain point of view and make them hate israel and and think that the occupation is evil and show them that it's That's like this thing i mean and because it, it's 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 so, um, I mean, that's what was shocking to me is that like, it's so like, you're thinking, oh, I'm just going to some shitty boutique hotel, you know, that Banksy, Banksy put together, oh. oh, blah, blah, blah. Everyone loves Banksy. His like kind of kitsch, like poverty protest art that I don't actually like very much. Um, generally it's like, like, so I was, I didn't even know what to think, you know, when we were going there. But, like, I didn't either. Yeah, I'm not a fan. But you go to it and you're like, whoa, shit, this is for real. You're drawing people um, who might not be even very political to Palestine, which is very difficult already. The only other people who go to Bethlehem, and, and Bethlehem is very close to, the, to, the, to you know, it's a, right on the border with the, of the wall, I mean, are basically Russians who... who um, <laughs> Russian Orthodox, uh, what do you call it, Palomniki? Um, pilgrims. Pilgrims. Yeah. There are a lot of pilgrims in Bethlehem, and they're Because it's, a, it's, it's supposed to be the site of... What, what the hell did Jesus do there? Born there. Oh, born there. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> well, of course, no, I mean, no I knew that. <laughs> I knew Jesus. Look, I know, I know who Jesus is. I knew he something important happened in Bethlehem, um, and yeah, and so like, yeah, Christian pilgrims go there, and there's huge amounts of Russian Orthodox pilgrims. They're there, but no one else goes there, and so you know, no Westerners go there unless they're religious Christians, and so. Or ra radical activists. Or people who go and volunteer. There's people who volunteer. They're already and, radicalized. So forget those people. I'm saying like regular people, regular people. The only like so this hotel draws them to Palestine, which is already very difficult because yeah, if you're unless you're like an activist or a Christian, you don't you're not going there, and you're drawn there, and immediately you're see, shown a perspective, and it isn't it's not you don't learn about it through a lecture, you don't learn about no. it through a book, you don't learn about it through some you know through an interview on TV, you actually go there and you see this fucking wall, which is crazy. Uh, it's like it's it, it it's very cinematic. It looks like something out of a fucking Verhoeven film, and you see you know the the like the kind of the monumental nature of this occupation because it's just a small section of the wall that runs up and down the whole what the you know the border with the west bank mm -hmm. and so like i was actually like kind of i mean i haven't been this impressed with political art ever i don't think and neither have i and then the, the kind of fancy art stuff and either in the lobby of your hotel yeah. or even in the room which is not that fancy yeah. so it's really not it's like a it's like a ruse it's like a ruse it gets you in sure okay yeah you're surrounded by if you're having a drink in the tiny lobby yeah. uh, surrounded by his art yeah people uh, take selfies with his art and stuff obviously, obviously yes it's like There's actually a pretty cool piece. I still remember that because uh, I again I'm not a fan of Banksy and not a big connoisseur of his work of like a fairly mundane street portrait of Jesus yeah. <laughs> with a laser beam on his forehead. Yeah, pretty good. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> Considering it's badly. There are these kind of, I think it was like, because uh, it's kind of hang, hanging off the ceiling, right? And there are these drones or something. 
I don't know. I think it just uh, lays. No, yes. no, no. There's just a portrait, and they laser across uh, the wall from the Jesus yes. portrait, and he's clearly the target. Yeah, That's yeah all. exactly. So Very it's like simple. basically a, a laser pointer, you know, gun about to assassinate like Jesus. Like he's about to go. <laughs> and of course, as we just learned, uh, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. We're sitting in Bethlehem, so it's like actually like a 15-minute walk from where he was supposed to be supposedly born. Yeah. So it's it's it has it actually has. I don't know connection to Jesus, meeting, you yes. know. Yeah, but it's not. Where no, it's he died. A, it's a. I, I actually encourage people to go there uh, if you ever wanted to go to uh, Palestine, but we're like unsure and, and scared. The first of all, there's nothing to be scared of. Actually, which wall? That's what made me wonder because Berlin never impressed me. Yes. Which. Which wall was taller? I think their wall is taller than the Berlin much, wall. Much I think taller. we were checking it's super again. Tall. So there's no way of climbing over it. No, no. And like, okay. And so what's interesting is like, so we were on the second floor of this ho- of the hotel. Yeah. And we, the wall was higher than us. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's much taller. It's it's a it's like a modern wall. It's just recently, pretty recently built. Um, and I mean, look, and I know people are Palestine has the has this people. Are generally kind of afraid to go there or apprehensive you know people who aren't um political activists or journalists it's, people are apprehensive of going of going there and first of all it's there's nothing to be scared of at all um but hold on let me finish and then but like i would actually recommend you go to the banksy hotel and just That's do the whole important. do the whole package and like bring your kind of normie friends and whatever because it's like it is a if you're gonna, if, if anything radicalizes the like normal people, it'll be that or, hotel. Or if any art thing is worth your money or yes. I don't know time, why are we selling this? That's the thing. Yeah, no, it's impressive, and yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I, I know I'm kind of almost repeating myself here, but I actually do think that it's. Um, no, because you always like you usually. Um, I'm always usually negative. Yeah, first no, of all, the yeah. art thing usually is not impressive. No. Um, because usually it's really just some ultimately I don't know some society stuff. Affected bullshit. Yeah. Topically. I mean, recently especially, artists frequently politicized. Yes, always, always topical. Yeah. Immigrants, refugees, this, that. I mean, it's... Commentary lo- on this, commentary yes, on that. Yes, it's commentary on that. It's, yes. uh, it's it, in conversation with this. It's in conversation with that. Yeah. You, like, help starting conversations. <laughs> and and it's frequently just barely starting any conversations. It, it, it almost works, so it works in the opposite d- yeah. direction because it actually makes you think, like, oh, this stuff is crap. Like, I, I don't care about this. It actually... Like, if, if it's an art is supposed to... Um, I mean, it has the effect on me of actually doing the opposite, like making me not interested in whatever it is they're trying to like be in no. conversation with. And you're only then interested in like pretty pictures. Yeah, exactly. No, I, re- highly, case, I highly yeah. recommend it. Like uh, whenever this quarantine lifts and uh, people can kind of m- freely, freely move around a bit, like I highly recommend going there. It's like you will never, it's just an experience that you'll never forget. I'm, I, yeah. I, and I'm not being paid by the, you know, Banksy Association, uh, Travel Association here. I just, I really, probably I'm usually just always, I mean, it's praising something is actually very uncharacteristic for me. Like I never praise anything. I'm hard to please, but I'm pretty impressed by this place. So just to some statistics, we actually very under under researched. I think we need an intern, but <laughs> <laughs> just for all kind of statistical shit. Because we're <laughs> no, but it's true. It's we too true. like artsy. Because imagine if we had a person with like numbers. Okay, so Berlin Wall was three point six meters. Yeah. Or eleven. I don't know for Americans, eleven point eight feet. That's that's tiny. Enough. What? what? Yeah, no, no. That's why people were. You I know, can climb over no, that. No, no, no. But people were. I can climb over that. But you know that, right? People yeah. were successfully escaping. Yes. And sometimes they would die, but they could do it. While Israeli wall, damn, those people are insane. 25 feet. Wow. Because we wondered, why is it so tall? Because it's 25 feet. Wow. I, I think it depends also on the um, yes. 
uh what is it the part of the yeah. west bank well but they're like they they are they're made from these um identical uh concrete slabs yeah that are yeah. that are that are partially buried in the ground yeah so anyway so at the tallest it seems like it's like eight meters which is very insane yeah well if, if that's how they want to do it i mean <laughs> no it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a to- <laughs> but yeah it's it's really it's really uh, speaking of yeah speaking of walls and um yeah and uh and unification and and democracy and freedom yeah like um well that's quite a democracy there right there but uh i wonder so because we we did already talk at length about banksy and bethlehem and it's obviously worth checking out and whatever you you only not only take um taken on a tour of just the wall and, and this like in, in, insane military stuff militarized wall in the um the towers but um you also go see the um refugee camp that yeah, you mentioned Ida, Ida yeah. which is its own thing very heartbreaking and then there's also inside Banksy Hotel which is again one also one of the attractions like a little museum right inside the hotel yeah, the remember occupation, yeah. occupation museum I think it's just called occupation museum it's really good which is really good too and you rarely see those videos you rarely see again I I guess ID former IDF soldiers turned yeah anti that because yeah. how else they would speak on camera about yes, their experiences yeah. no, there's, yeah, there's people there's people who served in the IDF that, that, ter- that turned against it of course yeah basically they're like they're almost like they're rejected by society and stuff I mean Completely they're really reject, yeah, yeah. talking about their exploits and the killings and they you know and there's such young girls and boys almost yes. that you can't believe that like someone who's like some 20, 21 year old girl I, I, I mean, respect that, that they eventually got out of it would have to go through this experiences yeah. of basically. <laughs> well, it's total fascist indoctrination. Yeah. Like uh, it's in, in forcing kids when they're so young and so impressionable and have no idea what's going on. When you, look, when, you, when, when you look at those people sitting in those guard towers, I mean, they're like kids. They're, they're, they're children, kids, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of become, I guess, more cruel and yeah. insensitive to that if that's what they're told to be. Anyway, so there's like an interesting museum uh, about that right in the hotel. It, and it has a totally different effect on you when you're actually there. Yeah, it's not just a museum and like or exhibition at MoMA. Exactly. It's just when, you're de- when you decontextualize this stuff... You real, I mean, uh, made me realize it was when you're actually there and you have it, and it's all kind of in this package, and it's, I mean, it really is like made like consumer friendly. It's like you got to, I got to give it to Banksy and like the, the local designers and the local people who whoever pulled who it put off, that together. Yeah. It's, it's like it's an impressive uh, piece of art, and I mean, I know, and I know that some uh, like that Palestinians, some Palestinian people, or I don't know how widespread this belief is, but are somewhat critical of the museum because they think it's. Um, sort of uh, commercializes and fetishizes the occupation. What they don't understand is that it's almost like the only way to bring Western normies into this. Yes. So sure, I I bet they're right and they're the locals and they know what they're talking about, but they don't understand that there's very few ways you can bring people over and that 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 actually they're they potentially an important opinion makers you bring over. Well, so just, yeah, how, it's like you, no, it serves a purpose, you know. Yes, yes. Even if it's slightly, I don't know, well, fetishistic. How else are you gonna, you know, in our like crazy consumer society where, um, yeah, everything is everything is commodified, everything is done through these influencers and you know people who are supposed to matter and then you follow and you know trendsetters and so you draw people in who would not n- n- normally never come to Palestine. So you have to offer them something. And it's like, it really is from a, from like coming at it from the Western perspective and the kind of the, the non-Palestinian perspective, an outsider perspective. Um, it's like, yeah, it's, it's really effective, but I can understand their criticism as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like no, I understand if I was in a position, I'd probably be like, oh God, it's like 
they're just again modifying our suffering yeah and again it doesn't change my life if you no. live there i understand them but and i don't know like i don't know who controls the museum now or what, how the you resources, know, how mean, the resources right? are distributed yeah. i mean i, I hope have they're no done idea. fairly and it's some it goes back to the community in some sort of way but again there's a bigger actually element here which is that you want to turn populations of europe and the populations of america against the occupation right yeah. and you and so the Banksy thing is like it's it's incredible yeah it's pretty effective anyway but yeah so after after going there we took we decided I'm actually to just, looking at the map we, yeah we decided to just take a trip through the west bank and um because again we had never been there even though I, I this was my third time in israel oh mine too yeah um i had never actually been there and so we just decided we we, we kind of you know hopped on a bus and uh traveled first to nablus right didn't we stop? I'm just trying. Do you remember if we stopped at Jericho or we, immediate, uh, no. we immediately went to Nablus? I think we went to yeah, Nablus. Yeah, we went to Nablus. That's right. And, yeah. we, and then we spent the night there and then we went and then we took the next. Um, and then we went up to the to the border town in northern. Um, in the northern, northern West Bank. In the West Bank, like a, a checkpoint there. Um, I wonder, it, was it Janine? Which checkpoint yes, we went Janine, through? I yes. think it was Janine. Yes, it's Janine. Yeah, because I think the, again, crossing from jerusalem even with palestinians even on food the checkpoint that takes you to bethlehem and eventually to the waldorf hotel is nothing it's just you know whatever it's yeah. like, it's like, it's like, no it just like a little I mean, walk it, it, actually but, no but the trip like just to put it into perspective going from let's say you're in the, in the old city jerusalem and to go to bethlehem and to palestine you know on in the occupation zone behind the wall it's like traveling from yeah but it's like traveling from manhattan to uh brooklyn you know, it's like it's an extremely short trip. Uh, it's it's just it takes so long, partially because it's like there's traffic, and I mean the the distance is t- tiny. Um, yeah, but and all so the it's, and it's, and it's super small. close. So it's like it's actually, I mean, it could be done in a day trip. So and Bethlehem is probably the most like trafficked kind of by Westerners, uh, Palestinian city because it was the birthplace of Jesus. So it's, you know, huge crowds of people are there. Obviously, looking like you can't even get into that space. It's like it's mobbed by people. Uh, and 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 I'll say this like. The, the 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 bus the we just we took some taxi cabs and 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 buses up up through the, the through the west bank and like i and one thing like that also had a huge effect on me actually um because like i you know obviously we've we, everyone hears about the settlements and the illegal settlements and like the fact that Israel has for decades built more and more and more towns uh, and sort of little 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 uh, like villages inside the West Bank and inside Palestinian territory, like as a way of and you know slowly annexing the um, the territory against international law and all this stuff. But I mm-hmm. and I knew that about this, of course. Um, but traveling um, north through through the West Bank, through the heart of the West Bank, I mean, really that um picture like it just solidified it and put an actual reality to it because yeah i mean w- and what surprised them not just how many of them there were because uh, uh, because when we drove up on the bus like i could actually look up out of the window and see settlements because you kind of travel through the the the, the floor of the of a valley and the settlements are built up on the hills and they're not just on the um on the west side of the west bank right um, they're on both sides of this valley. And so when, when we, as the bus went north, I could kind of like swivel my head left and right and like see these um, settlements on both sides of, of, um, of the road. Uh, and like, and you know, and like, 
Um, and, and it felt like they were on every major hilltop. Um, sometimes if they were closer, you, I could recognize them by sight. Sometimes I would like have the Google Maps open and sort of track our, our, our um, and lo look at the satellite image and I could see these settlements dot both sides of the highway. And they're like these, I mean, they were built like fortresses uh, on a hill, obviously like, um, you know, defensible positions. And when you actually look at them from, the, from using a satellite map, you can like, you, you know, they almost look like they have the, they look like tiny little versions of Victorville or something, you know, like master planned communities where little cul-de-sacs and little curvy streets with, you know, with uh, shopping little areas and things like that. But they were built on both sides of the highway and they looked over the highway and over Palestinian land and farmland and towns and villages like fortresses looking out over the land. And it was so, so like, so obvious, like, um, that, you know, all this talk about two-state solution and, like, independent Palestinian state, I mean, it's just completely hot air because, like, it was like the, the territory was just dotted with these things. And, 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 of course, like, if you live on the east side of the West Bank in a settlement, in an Israeli settlement, you have to get there by car. And so they're connected by these um, private uh, Israeli roads, you know, that, so the whole territory is completely crisscrossed by these settlements. And so they make, you know, any kind of two-state solution basically impossible. I mean, and it was that they were designed to do that, obviously, but you, when, you, when we took a bus through, it was like, it was so obvious, you know, it was so, um, just, you can see it again with your own eyes. Um, and like, you no, know, so I, so, you know, it was a couple of hour trip. And what was interesting is like, I would like look, I would look up some of these settlements on a, on a, you know, on a map and I would like Google them a little bit cause we had all this time in a bus and like, it was amazing. Like, so you had these settlements that are populated by, you know, a settlement that's mostly populated by Jews from Yemen, Yemeni Jews. Like, so Jews from Yemen are coming to Palestine and like occupying this land from Yemen. Like it made no sense. Then there was like another one populated by American Jews and Israeli Jews that were followers of uh, Meir Kahane, which is this like Brooklyn rabbi who was this FBI informant who was, you know, formed this radical terrorist organization called the Jewish Defense League in New York, who bombed like uh, Soviet cultural uh, offices in New York, and who was, you know, at the forefront of this uh, movement to rescue the Soviet Jews and was violent and, and also played a big role in whipping up hatred between uh, Jewish and black communities in, in, in Brooklyn and New York. And they're like, like a, a settlement filled with his followers in Palestine. And then another settlement would be, you know, almost predominantly, you know, um, populated by Soviet Jews like me, who uh, were living there because, uh, well, when they came to the, you know, came to Israel, uh, it was extremely expensive to live in Israel proper. And, and because the Israeli government uh, subsidized housing and continues to subsidize housing in the occupied territories in these settlements. They just moved there, and sometimes some of the, they moved there without even knowing that they were m being offered housing in occupied land, and that they were actually living in a settlement that was against international law. And that's so, that's interesting. Yeah, and so some of these people like only realized much later, like they're, you know they're be, they're meeting they lied to. Yeah, and they're meeting hostility on the way when they're commuting, let's say to and from work, and they didn't even realize like. Like they, they are, that they're living on Palestinian land. And so you drive up through this valley and you just see these settlements just on both sides and there's massive amounts of them. It isn't just like a little bit. And so the, probably aside from like the Banksy, um, as far as like, a, like just visual and again, almost like on an aesthetic level of, of, of the, the, the feeling of the occupation and like the making real the things that you hear about 
all the time in the news about the legal settlements. I mean, just driving through there has such an incredible effect on you if you kind of already primed to, to see what's going on. Yeah, so it was a big deal for me, actually. Obviously, we were the only, only non-Palestinians on the bus or on the taxis that we took. Um, mm -hmm. And in fact, like when we, when, when, because they, it would take like a kind of a weird route because it was a commuter commuter bus people would so know, commute from on from town it. to town you have to yeah. hop and so, off hop on and again and so when we would yeah. get sometimes we would get close to um, close to the border with, with, with you know with Israel proper and uh, and there would be like these nasty signs uh, in English and in Hebrew <laughs> basically saying that like it, warning is, Israelis to not go here because dangerous. you're entering Palestinian land and you're, it's illegal and it's dangerous and you should turn it around I'm not sure it's fully illegal but it's, they said it's dangerous yeah, no, did but they say it's illegal I, well, I for think Israelis I, I, to go there I think so yeah okay then I, I yeah. don't listen to me I could, okay I could but they wrong. definitely I mean, like scare you listeners can correct me if they know better but I think it is at least that's what the science said hmm. and um and it was there was a funny incident that we had like because I was obviously we don't speak Arabic um and people that really don't speak English there and don't Very speak little. Russian and so they don't speak Farsi and so and so I was like trying to figure out uh, the bus stopped for a bit um or um and I was trying to figure out where to go to the bathroom and and um and uh, there's a gentleman that was sitting right in the front of the bus that like helped me out and is speaking English um, and I, I talked to him a little bit and, and I realized that he, well, he spoke, he spoke Russian very well cause he studied in Moscow and, um, he's a doctor and he, and he studied in the Soviet Union in Moscow. And he had like, when we spoke in Russian a little bit, he had the most perfect Russian with, without almost an accent. Uh, I guess he, he studied for many years yeah, as a young he, man. And he, and he I think yeah. worked there. And so, but so he, there was a, that was a, like harkens back to the day, uh, when the Soviet Union actually had. Um, but it was frequently appealing to Soviet Soviet aligned Soviet aligned yeah, sort of third. Uh, it was basically a third third uh, world. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I didn't want to say, it, but yeah, third world it was Soviet Union was appealing, especially Moscow had pretty good, still actually has pretty good medical yeah. schools. No, and people still come from uh, from uh, uh, those former Soviet aligned countries. Actually, yeah, all to I'm get saying is that that was, I mean, not super common, but it was normal to do that. And I think look, and it's funny because there's RT there, uh, as as a as an Arabic channel. And mm -hmm. I know that people. I was. I, people were watching it. He was actually watching an RT in, um, in Arabic. Oh, interesting. On his phone and um, and um, but yeah, but it was pretty impressive. Like it was just like he had the most perfect, uh, educated Russian with almost no accent. It was like, and it was kind of it was kind of cool to to meet someone like that there. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Just on a bus. Yeah. And he was very humble. Yeah. It was really bizarre. But yeah, that was definitely around Nablus now looking about looking at the map. But I think the most interesting story because ultimately we're just like We're just tourists. We're just we're, like we're just tourists, what yeah. do we know? And we took uh basically different buses all the way through the West Bank to the north. And I think that's where it was really get got dark for us. In Janine, yeah. where you can cross the border and find yourself again at the Israel proper. That's where it's it's been weird well it's like yeah you I think again the occupation and like the economic aspects of the occupation began to show themselves yeah all i want to say because i wanted to compare it when you cross from whatever jerusalem near to jerusalem uh to bethlehem you just walk yeah so from 
Israel proper to Palestine, you just walk through the checkpoint. It's actually it's interesting. It no, reminds, but, but yeah. back. Yeah, think but back. About what but it's back, like but to back, back. You, you have to go through an actual border security checkpoint. I mean, it's it, in a way actually it's interesting. Like there's a obviously it's not the same, but there's a similar vibe to the border, uh, American border with Mexico. Let's say if you're tra- crossing here in, in in California or anywhere actually in, in Texas or mm-hmm. uh, or uh, Arizona or whatever. Like you, to Mexico, you cross without any. You just cross. <laughs> there, no, you don't need to show your documents. But on the way back, on the way back is where yeah. you start getting. You hit the paint. But so in in Palestine, it's a similar vibe. So, you, but even more militarized. Although the American border, if you go, if you actually see it, if because you've never been, we should. I never been. We should go one of these days when the when the quarantine lifts because it has a very very similar um, vibe. It's an extremely militarized border with multiple with multiple borders and and it's but actually not walls at least. <laughs> no, that one has there's walls. walls. There are walls. There are actual physical walls. Yeah, multiple of them. Um, California border with Mexico is actually, you know, they think Trump is given this like you know everyone laughs at Trump for wanting to build that wall, but the, actually the first wall with Mexico was built in America in California. Yeah. No, and no one uh, was against it. You know, all the liberals. Uh, I mean, it was uh, there's it was a lot more Republican when it was built, but actually. None of the Democrats or liberals were against the wall. And anyway, it's extremely militarized, and I'd say it's even, on one hand, on some on some level, more militarized visually than um, the, the the one in Palestine because it's just so vast and it's like a vast complex. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has extreme, it, almost the same kind of vibe. Well, that's that's something. <laughs> well, because America is, you know, I mean, the 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 levels of like of of of, of of border paranoia and of like sort of fascist kind of light um, uh, is, you know, it's, it has a very similar vibe to Israel actually in that way. Um, but yeah. anyway, so yeah, it, what was weird about it is that we had to like, first of all, so we were, again, we went to this border checkpoint and we were, it was primarily used by agricultural workers. Yeah, to to go because, there and back. Because yeah. Israel depends on cheap Palestinian labor. Um, and I always had depended on cheap Palestinian labor to do, um, you know, menial, basically hard labor, menial work and farm labor and sort of, you know, construction and all these things. And so yeah. that border is actually, again, another, another, um, well, comparison. we definitely saw farm labor. It's yeah. Like com- the, another comparison uh, with, with Mexico is that actually the, the checkpoint is used primarily for people who are working on Israeli farms to go back and forth. And so, but, but like the, the way that it's organized is like you have, you get to the checkpoint there's like multiple level gates and levels of gates of, and, and and you don't actually know what the hell is going on, but it's a closed. And so people are just sort of waiting around, waiting for the gates to open. And as, we've, as, we, as we realized, like they only open the gates every certain, uh, like every hour or, or like every certain period of time when enough people collect. So it's like enough people collect and then they open it and then they close it and then they let the other people on the other side who are trying to come back into Palestine. So you can only go one way. So like they either either Mm -hmm. let people out or let people in. And so we were waiting around for like half an hour. Yeah, Um, but also it's not, from what I remember, it's not just like one way. Yeah, it's one way, but on top of it, it's not always open. No, yes. So it's not just like constantly one way the other way one way the other way it's also like let's say we came there i don't know maybe 1 p.m yeah 1 p.m it's closed it might reopen it too yes. even, even either way exactly so i was surprised that it's even like and we're supposed to kind of sit around on no, the yeah. pavement there's nowhere to and, even and, sit. and there isn't like a set even time when they open or close it's no it's there's something weird about it very i mean it's humiliating basically yes, it's totally humiliating so people just sit around just uh, wait wait and uh and waiting yeah just waiting and 
And so we finally, like, do you want to tell the story of how, how like, the whole process? Because I've never seen anything like it. It's like... Um, no, so you, you can do it. Okay, so, like, so they, so, they, so we, fi- like, finally it opened up. So we were waiting for, like, a, a while. It, 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 like, started working. And so they started letting people in that were trying to come in to, back to Palestine. And they're all, like, agricultural laborers. And um, us. <laughs> and, like, they're, like, sometimes even carrying, carrying some of the produce with them. And they're all clearly after an, a morning, uh, early morning work shift where they're all in, you know, in dirt, tired, yeah. tired, like, they've, they put in their, so they're coming, coming back in. Um, and there's a small group of people. Some come, of them are elderly. Very old. Yes. Yeah, very, old very old. Some people are barely even walking, you know, like they have bad hips and stuff. Yeah. And so, so there's like a, a big, uh, you know, a crowd of people that walks back, comes back home after working on Israeli farms. And so they finally let our side uh, in, who people who are trying to get into Israel, and it's like this crazy thing. So you're 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 funneled into this maze with these metal walls around you, and and uh, you look up, and there's actually a, a like a whole a security structure above you with these catwalks and stuff, and people with guns just walking above you and looking at you. And the guns kind of pointed down at you. Pointing you. They're actually pointing the guns at you. You know, I don't know there. if they're like no, but they're like they 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 they're like angled down. They're yeah. angled, and you're and then and then you're put into this thing, and there's like a, a thing on the loudspeaker, in Arabic, and in Hebrew, um, or or maybe only in Arabic actually. I don't we, remember. We, there was no English. I didn't understand anything. There's, of course, there's no English, but like because there's you know people tourists don't go through that checkpoint. It's a purely it's it seems like a an agricultural checkpoint. You know, for the most part. So uh, basically, people we were with they they, they, they try to help us. So they're like us out, so they're yeah. like okay, you you're you, they break up. So you're into the in this big waiting room, like kind of these scruffy metal walls you know around you it's pretty cramped then they open a door but only a, sm- a small group of you can come in like maybe like three half or four a, yeah, yeah like three or four people and like you go into the second chamber separated from the first group and still above you are people walking around with guns yeah. in uniform and then another door opens so it's up it's kind of weird that it never has a ceiling yes and you never <laughs> see and you never see a person you never see a person face to face yet you haven't you haven't seen a only single the person speaker, yeah only, only the speaker, speaker and people above you with guns and so then you walk into this smaller room and then you have to then hand over your, your, uh, your telephones, your phones, passports, and you have to hand it, put it into, into, like, into a little slot, essentially, and then step back. And then they close the door, you wait, you wait, you wait, and then like, you're allowed to go in. You know, then they let your group through and then they start, you know, the next group, next batch of people is able. they give you your stuff back. And then when you go through this maze of people, still people walking above you with guns, you're, then you go into what looks like a normal border checkpoint with again, but everything. Still people with guns on top of you. The entire not time there's people with guns walking above your head. Then you walk into this, what looks like kind of like a normal border checkpoint, but it's like insane because it's like crazy bulletproof glass. Uh, everything is again like it has this scruffy Verhoeven vibe. I have to say, very it looks great. Yeah, it has. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's horrible. It's, it's like it's like if someone were saying, okay, I need a fascist checkpoint, um, you know, and I need like the top designer in Hollywood to design it, and like the best team of of, of artists to create. The, you can't make it better. Yeah, they're like that's what they would create, <laughs> and it's. I mean, it really has a Verhoeven vibe. I mean, Verhoeven would create something like that and has. Yeah, because it's also. At the same time, but shitty. It's like ch- B, it's kinda. cheap and shitty and <laughs> B level. Uh, yeah, yeah, B level and you know, it's scruffy and and uh, clearly thrown up. You know, uh, like it's almost like it feels like a temporary structure. But again, it's just it's just metal and concrete. You know, yeah. and and 
And again, and actually, I remember that the woman, a really young woman, again, I guess they are part of IDF or what, uh, I don't know if she's serving or it's her job, very young, beautiful Jewish woman uh, behind the, behind the the bulletproof, um, like in the bulletproof uh, booth. Yes. Uh, and again, like a soldier and, and, yeah. standing on top of her, I guess, in case the bulletproof doesn't work with the... No, I remember I was going through. No, the no, gun it was actually, down, the, the rifle it was, it was down. actually pretty, pretty freaky. Like when we, that last point where we actually give the documents to them. The gun is at And they true. like check our, you know, check our passports. While we're standing and she's looking at them and, you know, about to let us through, like we look up and there's a guy right above us actually pointing the gun at our heads. In case we want to, in case we start opening up, you know, in case, in, in case we start like blowing in, in ourselves up. In case we're terrorists, yeah. In case yeah, yeah. we, yeah, in case we're, used to get violent, you know, I mean, yeah. he's, that he can just press the trigger and we're dead. I think I really want to take a picture in the phone. You already have the phone. Yeah. But I realized on time, I think not a good idea. Because yeah. they, at that point, you already have the phone, you have your documents, but I probably, you can't take a picture. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. There was, yeah. No, he won't, obviously he won't kill me. I'll say I'm not even Palestinian. But I don't know. But, I mean, um, yeah, they, yeah, it might cause problems for us. I don't know. You know, we are pretty privileged in, in the sense of like, they clearly were looking at us like, what the fuck are we doing here? But clearly, we're obviously privileged in, in the fact that like, nothing's really bad that's going to happen to us. Uh, and no, and w- no. the worst thing could probably happen to us in that case is like they'd like put some weird mark on our, on our, you know, on our documents to that, not let we, us that in, might have problems yeah. coming in. But what was interesting, so yeah, we walk out like, under, under the sight of this guy's gun, you know, like, and we walk out into this gate and immediately I like, I turn to the right and, you know, we're on the other side of the checkpoint now and we're outside and I see this fucking sign that says funded by USAID. <laughs> That's right. So, so the US Agency for, uh, for, uh, Agency for International Development uh, funded that fucking checkpoint. That's actually very Philip K. Dick. Yeah. It's like development of the United so, Nations. Yes, USA. exactly. United Nations checkpoint, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and so, yeah, it was a, and like, that was our trip. You know, we walk in through the, we it just, it's all, and it's all, and what's interesting about it is like, even within, within Palestine, you know, the sovereign state of Palestine in the West Bank, like there are checkpoints, Israeli checkpoints inside there. Um, there are, um, there, so it's, so it's like you never actually leave the occupation, even when you're inside, you know, the supposedly sovereign uh, state of Palestine, uh, it just never leaves you. So you can like sort of look away from it and sometimes, oh yeah, look, it's nice. And you're maybe in a novelist or something and you don't really see the occupation and it looks, um, it, it's Palestinian, but like, as soon as you leave the big city and you, and you, um, and you're on the road, it's like, it just surrounds you, whether it's a settlement that's ever present around you like no matter you, you, you look up at the mountains or in the hills the settlements just lining them uh, you know checkpoints and things like that so it's like it's a constant it's, it's a the constant presence uh, which never really leaves you but then obviously we safely got out and uh, that's and then to, basically and then we went to the shitty Israel yeah uh, not shitty it's kind of interesting because we were yeah, I mean somewhat we were in Nazareth yeah because I think you have to kind of wait a little bit for again if you're taking public transportation oh yeah I remember waiting for a while um, yeah. just to yeah to fill up and then you and then you can take a, it's a fairly short ride from that checkpoint in Janine to Nazareth yeah. and then Nazareth is sort of like actually Israeli Arab city She's just considered Jesus of Nazareth because uh, he lived there he was born in Bethlehem he was born in Bethlehem wow so wait so we took a, the Jesus road I didn't think about that <laughs> 
he must have I mean, tr- you know, tr- he, he tr- probably walked there he, i don't know he would have been with he would have been against israel obviously obviously <laughs> yeah. i i'm i mean there's no way but he is but he but he is kind of a he's a he can't be a jew for jesus because he is jesus he is jesus how but is he's he a jew, jew for jesus so he's a kind of is a jew for jesus you know the original one He's Jesus Jew. <laughs> Jesus he, was a, he would have been called an anti. He would have been called an anti-Semite with the Jewish parents. Yeah, which probably you would be called that. He was too. an anti-Semite with Jewish parents. Wow. So is Norman Finkelstein a modern-day Jesus? He, well, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's because the standards are low today. You don't have to like really no, die on the cross. No, no. You know, like the standards. You don't are have to save all humanity. <laughs> like Jesus did. So yeah, but Nazareth again. Once you were at Nazareth and it's Israel proper. I mean, yeah, you just see, because um, we went to some, like, kind of plaza, open kind of, it was like veranda restaurants, and I was trying to say, so who is, are they all, like, Palestinians around yeah. us? Because they seem to be not, like, traditional <laughs> Israeli Jews. Yeah. But then I can't really tell. It's and hard then to tell, yeah. It's hard to tell. I mean, it felt that... I think there were Palestinians, actually. Yes. It's really hard to tell. And that's the irony of what's going on there. Actually, if you just strip everyone of, like, just passports and this, like, idea of uniforms and all this, it's really hard to tell. It's hard to tell. I mean, sometimes Isn't you it? can tell. because sometimes no, just... Some of them are European Jews. Yeah. You can tell. Okay, this is Ashkenazi Jew who probably got a bit too tent here. Yeah. But other people, no, you can't. Yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah, the, the, it's, a, it's, it makes it kind of... I mean, look, it's Semitic, Semitic uh, people, you know, like Semitic Palestinians are Semitic people. Uh, <laughs> it's also weird, like how the anti-Semitic stuff is like, it only applies to Jews. Where... Anyway, the whole, the, the language surrounding all this stuff is, is, is kind of mind boggling, you know, because again, everything is, everything is obfuscated and like, yeah, you use language to erase things, like you said, like subtly erase things. But yeah, exactly. You can, you, the, this, the hard line between who is a Palestinian, who isn't a Palestinian, who is Israeli, who is a Palestinian. It's so, it's so, it's such a, such a bullshit distinction. Obviously, there's people who came there pretty recently. Um, but like that whole, you know, region is like, has had so much influx of, d- yeah. of different, of different, of different invasions and different, uh, under control of different empires and all this stuff. Which is a, probably a good book to read around that issue is um oh yeah the shlomo sand shlomo sand uh, he has the, he has a few the invention books invention of the invention of the jewish people and, and then the invention of the land of israel yeah. i actually I, I think i read them both a while back but i can't remember Did which one's better him? yeah i talked to him you interviewed him for like when for you, the were, russian do, when you were doing the, yeah. like, russian magazine um stuff yeah yeah he's he's an interesting guy and uh, I, I think they hate him there yet he's uh, i'm pretty sure he's tenured at the uh, yeah. I forgot, maybe Jerusalem University or Tel Aviv University. I think actually maybe University of Tel Aviv. So he's somehow still there. And, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. And he definitely insists on the fact that (laughs) basically, well, this kind of unified idea of the Jew that Israel definitely promoting is a big sham. Yeah. And, uh, you know, first of all, people were converting to Judaism. And then it's hard to say, like, people who lived Jews that lived in France. Yeah. So what are they like? The same as Jews who lived in the, Cauc- lived in, in the Caucasus uh, mountains. Yeah, like let's yeah. say in the mountains in, in or the Jews from Morocco. Yemeni. I mean, yes, yeah, so Yemeni Jews. Jews yeah. So should be like or Ethiopian Jews. Yeah. yeah. What's the, what, what? What are the what are the um, connections between the Yemeni Jews and the, and the French it's, Jews? It's very tenuous. And uh, anyway, and he he has a whole historical books about it. It's really interesting and very actually. Yeah, it's very t- controversial. It's a very controversial uh, guy. You know, he's a historian. I don't know. Yeah, I guess yeah, he's a controversial historian. Pretty interesting read. Um, fairly accessible actually, from what I remember. No, I mean he 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 definitely has does a good job of like 
pointing out the inconsistencies and in, in, and how the hell does it all come together? Yeah, because again, it's like Judaism is a strange thing where you're told it's like one people, but it's actually really a religion. And also, there's like a weird thing of like even diff even different Jews in Israel, like they have even a different idea of like let's say lineage. Like, what does it mean to be a Jew? Is it passed by down your mother? Uh, is it passed by by your father? Actually, in the traditional Jewish tradition, actually, if you read, but that's oh, not Ashkenazi. Ashkenazi yes. by the mother. Yes, I know that. Uh, if you but if you read the you know the the Torah, uh, like who the mother is doesn't matter. Like you have multiple wives. Egyptian slave. What about slaves? No, any that sl counts. it doesn't matter. Like you, the, it's all about the father. It's like so the, the progeny uh, of Egyptian slaves. Yeah, it's like switch. Anyway, there's Jew. all these different uh, interpretations of what it means to be even be Jewish, uh, and also like the idea that we all are come from one population that was exiled and then spread around the world there's there's some there's there's some truth to there's a truth there's an aspect of truth to it because there is a, a dispersion of a population but the but the idea that like they're all you know can be traced down to basically one people is is, is just is not true is and there's because there's yeah like you said there's like conver conversions and the and um but shlomo is not as cool that way because i have to give it to them uh he's not just like propagating these ideas yeah. while sitting let's say i don't know oxford some, some western university no he lives in israel and he insists and rightly so he actually identifies obviously as an israeli yes he's an israeli why the hell can he talk about this because yeah. i think he, he number of generation actually in israel pretty early on yes. his family so you know that that's that's kind of interesting from yeah. like a fully like native he's like an israeli who writes about his own yeah and the the fraudulentness of his of of his own of of his own identity in a way like or the identity that's foisted upon him by the uh, zionism uh, yeah. the zionist identity which is a revisionist history that tries to you know it's a quasi religious nationalistic um um ideology uh, that tries to basically connect modern the modern world to uh something that happened you know <laughs> uh thousands and thousands of years ago in some faraway land and base claims of ownership uh over land and territory based on things that were written in a book that is pretty obviously you know not true uh, uh like a, a religious book um you know but in speaking of the like of this identity uh you know, you know, one thing like just like the because look, we're, we're 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 both of us born in the Soviet Union, and um, of course, you know, Soviet Jews were a huge, huge part of the um, Zionist project, um, uh, particularly um, you know after uh, Israel annexed um, huge parts of 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 of, of the West Bank and uh, is, uh, Jerusalem. And um, you know the the, the the constant need to fill this land that they've taken away from, from Palestinians with people, right? And and Soviet Jews, you know, the Soviet Union had this huge reservoir of of, Jew, of, of Jews, <laughs> a bunch of Jews in the Soviet Union. And so you know, Israel was re really the, the wanted you know, big goal of of, uh, of um, Israel's leadership was to. Get Israel to somehow release these Jews, and and let my people yeah, and, go. And, and like that's you know, <laughs> right, being right. in Israel. That's uh, to me I, again, like you know, people see their own whatever their, their own little aspects of of different parts of the of of, of these conflicts. And I, to me, it was just it was such a, just a weird thing to see these Russian Jews 
just walking around Israel. I don't know. Like, and like, and li living in these settlements, um, it's just, to me, it's such a, such a strange, strange place uh, where you will use and weaponize the supposed victimization of a population, you know, the Soviet Jews who are discriminated against and discriminated against in the Soviet Union. I mean, there was, you know, some truth to it, but it's really not as bad as people make it out to be. And you use that web, you use that, and you weaponize it, and you you know engage in this big big struggle to to get them to go a big geopolitical um, um, game um, to to get to get the Soviet Union to uh, to open up and let them out, and you use that victimization right the hyped up victimization to buttress an ongoing victimization and ongoing occupation uh, in Israel and, and just uh, geopolitical yeah and so like war. you use them as this sort of cat you use them as just cattle in a way like just bodies I mean really it's the way they looked at it um, it's not how though sort of nationalistic Jews look at it no they, no they really believe in it and you know from my perspective because we come from slightly different strains culturally yeah to me it's was all very new to find out that Jews, especially the Soviet Jews, like the like, like Russians yeah. basically, are like super nationalistic about their Jewish identity without actually being ever religious because they didn't they couldn't practice religion. Yes. It was kind of lost uh, during Soviet times, which is a whole different story. I I, I don't think it was a good thing that you know somehow no, practice of no, Judaism no, was not allowed. Yeah, we, I'm not like at all like <laughs> praising that, but overall, just all of a sudden, this sort of like Soviet people found this kind of Jewish identity and that's almost like the only thing they saw about themselves Yeah, and wanted to, I don't know what, join who, like, the, okay, yeah, they either joined Israel, a yeah. lot of them did move, I don't know how successfully they assimilated, whatever, I guess, they've all right. They've, they've, they're, at this point, I think they're fairly successfully assimilated. Yeah, some yeah. of them fairly I have, successfully. Look, I have relatives, you know, you've met them. I have uh, some relatives too there. Yeah, and so like they've, you know, this, especially the younger generation, um, you know, they're, they're part of Israeli society. They marry other Israelis. Mm -hmm. the, you know, they're fully Israeli Jews. I mean, the older generation, they probably, you know, they, they just like, you know, they're they're not fully integrated. I think some of them are, you know, obviously a lot of them were poor for a very long time and some yeah, of them are still uh, poor. Um, they might have been poor in Russia too, so it's not like yeah, a big so, um, so indicator of their... It was it was it was difficult for them because Israel did not prepare for them or really gave yeah. gave very little resources well, for their America's integration. Well, America is interesting too. Not all the Soviet Jewish immigrants who supposedly left because of the religious persecution um, found uh, that's success. successful yeah. found success. And by success, I don't mean like immense success. I mean just I don't know being like even proper middle class or so whatever yeah. it's in America now <laughs> it's such a decline. So it's hard even to talk about it. But um, but yeah, not actually not the. Not like I, I don't think a majority, yeah. majority of them probably did not. So, so anyway, it's a really weird identity to to begin with. And uh, no, I mean most of the people that I know who are, um, you know, Soviet immigrants and Soviet Jewish immigrants in America, they're from people from who I grew up with, friends, you know, my age uh, from San Francisco to you know my family. Um, you know, the, most people are, are very Zionist, very supportive of Israel. It's very much intertwined with their identity. Um, and uh, the younger generation is sort of like falling off of that a little bit, but yeah, but, but, and, you know, it, it's interesting. Yeah. Like, um, you know, to yeah, it's like, but to, it's weird to me. They're not even proper religious. Like they're not necessarily yeah. some, I mean, some they're not them, like yeah. scholars. No. Of, some of them turn into, but no, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're not, but it's not, but Zionism is, doesn't have to be, is its own religion. I mean, Zionism is this, it's its own identity. I mean, it's, it's uh, look, nationalism and nationalistic identity is like, I don't know. It's like the first kind of. It's an, an early version of identity politics. You know, it, 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 yeah, it gives people a sense of belonging. 
and really the the growth of the Soviet Jewish nationalism in, in the Soviet Union it really started in the 60s um was I presaged the collapse the, the collapse of the Soviet Union uh, because it, it 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 paralleled the growth of these other sort of nationalist movements uh, no, and the resurgence on, yeah. of them in it's one of the earliest like yeah and it, like and, weaponized identity well, but I mean there was also that stuff in it, it didn't have a country but it had Israel but all the other ones had like you know Latvian Estonian yeah. Ukrainian nationalism and all this stuff and and also like But it was, but it was an early one, and it presaged it because it, it was, it was a turning away from from communism. It was a turning yeah. away from from that ideology, and like it basically, I think paralleled the general turning away from people. You know, slow lack of belief in in in, the, in this in Soviet, this kind of Soviet project. Yeah, Soviet project, and and then and then like I mean, I don't know. Correct, what do you think about this? But the way that I look at it, you know, something had to replace it, right? And is like, what are you if you're not Soviet? What are you if you're not a, a Soviet oh, citizen? Like, what if you're not if you don't believe in this? And like for for Jews, they were kind of privileged, more privileged than you know the Russians, like ethnically Russian people, or uh, because they were like. At the same time that that was happening, the, they had the, another idea coming. Yeah, and like at the same time that was happening, exactly, Zionism was as as as, a, as an ideology that started to grip Jews all around the world yeah. began to be on the ascendant. So that's interesting. So they were privileged that way because one of the things that a problem with ethnic Russians, because again, other ethnicities, what is former Russian? Soviet Union, what is Russian? What do you believe? In? What does it even mean? It's still a problem. Still a big problem. What yeah. money? <laughs> what do you believe? Capitalism? Yeah, like you'd be able to even like what like uh, like because others who, at least like Chechens, like the Romanovs, Chechens that have like. Islam can yes. be radicalized exactly or like even even like in, in Tajikistan or Uzbekistan yes and, all and, I'm saying yes. is the former Soviet people yeah. of non at least I don't know what Slavic ethnicity have it easier no and, so, and it was amazing so and it actually what, what was interesting about it is also the rise in um, Jewish nationalism or Zionism in the Soviet Union paralleled completely the rise of Jewish nationalism or Zionism in America. I mean, they were both, they, they actually came up at the same time. And, and well, because it was the, Israel was, a, was in ascendance. Like it, like the one, specifically like in 1967 when it, when it won the war against all these Arab nations mm -hmm. and like, you know, uh, occupied huge parts of um, the West Bank. Uh, and like suddenly, like here was Israel, like, It had an idea. It had something strong. It 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 it, it had it like there was a, a a Jewish homeland that you could uh, be proud of and that you could join, you know, and um, and like, and so they 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 gravitated to it, and and uh, Jewish uh, intelligence agencies used that very smartly because they started seeding Jewish Zionist propaganda into the Soviet Union. One of the, I think one of the most um, Effective ones was this book called Exodus. I don't know if you ever read it. Exodus. I think you have it around. No, 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 mm, no. Because it's like it's a it's by a guy named Yuri something. Um, Yuris, Yuris. Can't remember his name. No, so then I, if, like you, a, if you don't have it, I have. I actually read it. read it. I actually read it in San Francisco when when because it was just lying around the house. Um, it's like this total. Um, it's like you mean this, back in the day. Yeah, like I don't know, I don't know, in the nineties. Wait, your parents had that book? Yeah, because it was like it's like it's like one, it's like a huge bestseller. It's about the Zionist project. Oh. Like it's about like this uh, novel, novel, um, very. Um, it's like it was a huge, huge success, and so it, like that started making the rounds. I definitely want to check it out. I don't know how much how <laughs> how much of it I can read, but I, again, just one thing. I I always thought. And now I still think, looking around, the strength of Jews is in this kind of openness and uh, fairly, like, an, I mean, obviously not all Jews are intellectuals, but overall the fact that 
the strength of Jews is in the fact that Jews kind of can stride different worlds mm-hmm. and they can be, <laughs> they kind of assimilate in different cultures and uh, they <laughs> they sort of can be everywhere and they fairly, I don't know, like, mal- not, not malleable, but yeah, they can assimilate. They're, 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 they're in like, they, they exist between things. In between things and also, sure, they have their own culture. I'm not against your own religion or culture if you're religious especially and you have some traditions or family values <laughs> what not but ultimately that's the strength and this whole zionist thing and i'm new to even knowing about jewish nationalism and all that i didn't grow up around that i didn't know it was jewish is is that i think it's a, it's almost like anti this is anti-semitic not being anti you know as a tell you now or as you say about the whole Corbyn thing and Trump and this whole equation of anti-Zionism to almost hate speech anti-Semitism what if it's the reverse I feel it's being almost Zionist is anti-Semitic yes. it's like ghettoizing yourself especially if you Jew on your if you're a Jew or other yes. people I guess do it for you too <laughs> they'll ghettoize it into Israel real quick um yeah how I don't see how that's strong and how also turning first ghettoize yourself through this ideology and then turning yourself into like a semi-fascist quasi fascist state yes <laughs> that oppresses other people how does that strengthen your any of your like, I don't know positions yeah. intellectually or otherwise unclear at all and so to means this this project is very confusing so i'm kind of grateful i was exposed very late to it because it has i'm so kind of impartial to that yeah i agree with you i totally agree with you. i think it is i think it is actually um anti-semitic i mean just the, it's I, anti-Semitic. the idea though first of all just the idea just that a country uh should be pure and purely controlled and populated by a certain like race <laughs> Uh, I mean, and to the exclusion of other of, of the people that had lived in that land, maybe you know, and like and that had lived in that land, people have a right to create a pure ethno-religious racial uh, state. I mean, it's like first of all, I don't I don't support it. You know, as 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 I, like I think I'm I'm against the even the notion that this even should be true. Yeah, that like. I think, first of all, the idea that there's a race, races and things like these are obviously constructs, but obviously there are groups of people, there are, there are ethnicities, there are cultural groupings, groupings by sort of, you know, like hereditary, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better word, tribes and things like that. But like the idea that you, this needs to be encased in, a, in, a, in like a legal structure of a nation you and know? a literal wall too yes and and that the, the, and that this is the imperative and that this is the only thing that'll pr- save the race and save the people i mean first of all it's an it it is a obviously like a, like a lot of people have pointed out it's a mirror version of nazi germany the idea it's a, it's a, it's like it's it's exactly the same it's just it's mirrors it so in, or, in order for the german for the nazis not to kill us we need to create nazi germany of our own I mean, I mean, that's what it and, is. And it's so horrific I mean, that's to what it see is. And supposedly that's the well-meaning people, yes. like Jews, especially outside of Israel, who are like, super supportive, to, to just not recoil at the side of what's happening so to Palestinians. Like, oh my God, Trump's a Nazi, Trump's a Nazi. But I support Israel. Um, yeah. I mean, just, the, yeah, exactly. It's like, so it's... It's, uh, I mean, it's all very new to me. Only when I moved to America, I witnessed something like that. So the fact that it's like also dumped Jews significantly down yes. this whole issue. And the, for the first time I've seen something like, I don't know, you talk to someone or you might be even friends with someone. And then like once with the, with the Jewish American and if Israel comes into conversation, even tangentially, that's like clearly something either lights up and 
you can't yeah, you, like so yeah, yeah that whatever your post like open or critical whatever you can talk about that ends right there yeah and it ends real quick yeah and <laughs> i think i almost made a friend friend lauren uh like yeah. a young a jewish girl who i didn't even know she was like a zionist she almost like cried I think. <laughs> oh, it, ru- it ruins friendships, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I didn't know. I'm also not from here. What the hell? Yeah, so. imagine like someone who grow- grows up in like Marin County, uh, yeah, she's California from Marin kid, County. like uh, is like so passionate about Israel, and that any criticism of Israel brings her to just make enrages yeah. and, and tears. I think. No, that's that's American so, Jews for you. Yeah. I don't know. As far as I guess my theory goes, that the Jew- whatever Jews <laughs> left in Russia, which quite actually still quite a lot of them. <laughs> Uh, those who didn't leave and immigrate, whether to Israel or America, I think that they are a bit more chilled ones because they're not, I don't know, they might be mild Zionism, definitely there for sure, whilst the Hillel, all those organizations would flourish there. Obviously there is some, but they're not as militant. So I feel like my experience didn't prepare me for America at all because I didn't encounter anything like that. Even the Jews, like later, okay, I know the Jews, like different generations, they're kind of, I mean, I guess they're, first and most identity if they're older they're kind of like soviet ethnically jews who might cook some jewish food yeah. and uh, at the same time might celebrate <laughs> i don't know some christian stuff too it's all mixed they don't care so that you're not yeah. going to trigger them the same way which feels way saner yes and ultimately more promising yeah <laughs> yeah so that that just something no totally it's, it's 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 yeah it's uh i mean look the zionist project has been extremely successful in uh, america even even people who are you know liberal and uh, support I don't know, human rights and Black Lives Matter or whatever you know whatever to the whatever to the extent that they actually support those things you know, rather than like the slogans. I mean, yeah, like on 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 Israel, it's it's like you, they are fascist to to, to, to yeah. the right of the right. Yeah. And it's interesting because like you know I, I just not that long ago started kind of trying to under, piece together the history of of the Zionist resurgence, um, not just in not just in America but in the Soviet Union. And it's interesting because it becomes pretty clear that like the rise of zionism in america um mirrors the the fall of 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 left wing judaism left wing judaism in america because uh and the and and the beginning of a of a move of american jews and the american jewish community to the right and into neoliberalism away from away from labor activism away from civil rights activism away from working class politics uh, that Jews came to America for the most part from Eastern Europe as laborers. They were they worked in factories. They worked. Uh, they were you know the bottom of the. They were the bottom, uh, and they were in, you know active. A lot with Italian they Irish. They were extremely right? radical um, activists in, in unions and labor struggle. You know, just even the the you go you know in Manhattan you look at something like like the cent- the centrist uh, yiddish jewish newspaper called the forward there was like more hardcore ones you know it was a it was you know extremely left wing by today's standards and extremely popular and extremely popular uh, had had readers all over the country it was a profitable uh, publishing business and so it was a, it was a, the beginning of the movement of of jewish people away from labor and, and working class politics into uh, professional, uh, the professional sector, uh, white collar jobs, and their slow integration into the kind of the establishment politics of the country, which the established politics of America are pretty right wing, you know, um, and conservative. And so that crossover and the, 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 the need for a new identity and the need for a new kind of Jewishness that was away from 
um, radical radical left-wing politics, you know, and, 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 and of course they went to nationalism. And yeah, but it also became white. It kind of coincided. Well, but it, but it, exactly. It coincides with their integration completely into the establishment. Of, and they moved from left-wing politics to nationalistic and either right-wing straight-up politics, you know, domestically or kind of this neoliberal politics, right? But, but, but their identity was based very clear on just nationalism. I mean, they were yeah. just na and nationalist identity, a very retrograde um, it's not, Back to 19th century. Yes, it's, a, it's like one of the most radical, I don't know, we're on a rant, but it's one of the most radical people, radical, also still pretty active on civil rights, along with... The Jewish, Jewish people, yes. Yeah, the Jewish people. Like Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders black. is a way, an, He's an, a an, an, of that, an yeah. echo of that world, and which is why the Jew, which is why American Jews fucking hate him. Today, because he reminds, he reminds you, you like saying he reminds him of some kind of cranky of, of grandpa, uh, yeah. grandpa that they don't want to even see. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, but but one of the things, if you look at, I don't know, like try to do like historical timeline, it's it's like going back to 19th century. Yes. People don't like thinking about it. They think they're like forward thinking. Yes. something about the future. The future. Yes. This is the new. That's not new. No, that's so old. <laughs> no, it's exactly. It's going back to the back to previous century and. The integration of the Jewish of the Jewish um, of the Jewish population in America into into the establishment and of the just the collapse generally of labor and labor politics yeah. and working class politics and left wing any kind of left wing politics whatsoever um, coincided with them needing a new identity. So they they like they hit on this. It's, so look, because the state of Israel existed for like twenty years, really before people started to get Zionist. I mean, most people were not Zionist Jews. Were like they were new. They might have supported there Israel. Was but they were some radical kibbutznik, but, but that's they were different. not like they were not like into Israel. They weren't like that. Wasn't their identity as 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 Americans and American Jews? And so, um, really, yeah. It's so, and and it's. Well, I mean, what's amazing is that in in the Soviet Union, almost the exact same process was happening in its At own different time, way. Almost, At the exact right? same time, and so actually these. These uh, Jewish nationalists in the Soviet Union and these Jewish nationalists in America—they kind of found each other, mm -hmm. and like one began to support the other, and one be began to feel their Jewishness in America, but through the Soviet Jews because they were like reenacting some sort of thing, like, like we're saving them, you know, we're not going to let another Holocaust happen. So their their Jewish identity was tied to Israel, obviously, but also was tied to the saving and rescuing of Soviet Jews. And they were feeding, they were feeding off each other. There was like a triangle. And then, in, in, and then on the base of all that, and the base of that is like American empire. So there's yeah. a triangle of Israel, American Jews, Soviet Jews, and then underneath it, is American imperialism. But, but you know, the deepest part of it, which is totally normal to expect from like an expanding empire, which America used to be, um, the deepest part is that it somehow was quickly forgotten, almost like erased from history. The fact, um, we, we talked in a different podcast about it, how, you know, Soviet Union almost the same as Nazi Germany. It's a new thing, or yes. been around for a while. But what's erased is that, well, Soviet Union ultimately saved certain Jews from death <laughs> because they defeated a lot of Jews. Most, yeah. And some Jews, even like Masha Gessen's family, just some prominent American Jews at this point. You won't, uh, won't mention won't names. Mention, no, I want to bring the name. <laughs> it, it, like, their relatives ran away from something like Poland and yes. were saved by the people who didn't the part of the family that didn't run away was murdered the, the per, uh, went to the Soviet Union survived S survived yeah to tell you that the Soviet Union is or, Nazi, is Nazi Germany. Germany 
whoa, what a narrative, what a spin. <laughs> so it's really nasty. It's, I think it's really disgusting to completely yes. erase the fact that Soviet Union was not trying to exterminate Jews ever yeah. or actually any other ethnicities. No. Uh, and uh, actually, you know, by defeating Soviet the Union Nazis. Soviet Union not an ex- no. extermination. They didn't have an extermination. Not extermination-based. Whatever the <laughs> political gulags existed, it was different. People were deported and stuff like that, but it yes. wasn't an extermination. Not extermination. There yes. were deportations and a movement of the people. And, and anyway, the ideology behind them, even if it killed a lot of people, and yeah. wasn't, it's like, it's might, you know, it's an important to, to distinction. It's like you're either doing it to in, exterminate or you're doing it for some other political reason, which is like to prevent them from collaborating with the Nazis. Might be paranoid in its own way. Yes, it's had, it's had, it has issues. But anyway, in short, I mean, it boils down to one of those things. Yeah, so... Yeah, raise the fact that Soviet Union actually defeated the Nazi and is not like a Nazi yeah. Germany. Yeah. It never was. Really offensive. But yes. it, all, it all actually fits nicely into this Jewish yeah. nationalist identity that we know people like that. So, yeah. I mean, what a, what a trip. Yeah, no, the nationalist, the, the Jewish, Jewish Zionism is, and then and Jewish nationalism. I mean, I'd like, to, I, you know, it's funny people call it Zionism. It's like Jewish, Jew, nationalism, Jewish nationalism. It's it's like actually because it's a descriptive term. Zionism. I mean, it's a descriptive term. Jewish nationalism is easy because it's wide. Yes, because it's, it's like it's it, and also I'd say it's Jewish ultranationalism. Or, I mean, if we're gonna go to 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 the to the root of a Jewish fascism. Whoa! You say that they lynch you. Yeah. Because that's like that's anti that's like basically anti-Semitic. That sounds anti-Semitic. Yeah, Jewish fascist. You say something you're a Jewish fascist. I, I like that though. I, like, I mean, whatever. I'll use it. Call me call me whatever. Yeah, just call us whatever you want. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, uh, it's uh, a lot of Jews. I, that little video you might upload it to or share it with Substack. You know, ten minute video about the yeah. Soviet Jews being rather you know poor and not particularly fitting well, at least in the early nineties uh, yeah, into Israel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, it's from early like it's the ninety one. Ninety one. I, I, I understand. It's like. It was kind of interesting. It did cover a little bit of the fact that um, there was one character there, a woman, uh, that Jews frequently, even if they eventually might have immigrated to Israel or somewhere, they actually already in Russia were, were Christians. <laughs> they converted <laughs> to Christianity. Yeah. And they kind of, that's how they felt at home, which, you know, I have <laughs> parts of the family that is like that. And I never get that either. But the more I think at least about all the options yeah. <laughs> for the Jews around the world, it's sort of like intellectually. I don't necessarily judge it too much. It depends on how you yeah. handle it. You like it. You you stay. Let's say you're not like why everyone has to be an immigrant or something. Yeah. You kind of adopt the society and the culture of the society you consider yourself very much part of. Yeah. Say if it's Russia, yeah, mostly it's like Russian Orthodox. Yeah. So. That, I mean, I don't know if you, there are parallels like that. I bet historical parallels like that, all, not just within R- Russia. German Jews converted in a lot. Uh, uh, um, there are e- those. Uh, English Yes, yeah, so there are Jews. those examples. I mean, and, more. you know, that feels like one way to go about, I guess, integration. You know, it's funny. I mean, in, in, in Germany, you know, they were like trying to root those Jer- Jer- Jews really? out. Of course. Oh, they to, were, to make sure they're 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 ge- they're geologi- the they're not hiding. They're going through genealogical uh, data. and. Uh, oh, that's right, because you couldn't save yourself like, by just being That was being the whole a, thing, was that their whole census, and they were actually trying to, part connected to IBM and stuff, uh, is oh, that they were trying to like grab... And was it easy to grab the ones? Well, because, well, yeah, because if you go through... Um, records that synagogues kept and like back in, if you if you find someone who has a Jewish uh, any, anyone who because people converted yeah. people converted lots of Jews converted converted to Christianity yeah. in Germany and so and then might have been actually diluted so they were like they were looking for like quarter Jews even you know I mean, this they were is like, crazy this is insane were, funny you're still Jewish if you're quarter Jewish by Israeli law I think 
I mean, it's really a mirror, <laughs> image, mirror image of Nazi Germany. Yeah. yeah. And, and the idea, remember like they were, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We've been talking for a while, but I, there's a, there was a ridiculous, uh, there was a pretty funny contemporary politics in Israel. I, I follow it kind of very superficially, but sometimes I get a little bit more deeper into it. Just, But like, you know, there's a conflict between the is, uh, religious Jewish political parties and 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 like and the and political party that's popular with um soviet jews uh, aren't they likudniks no actually speaking of like um insane fascism and uh, uh and ethno-nationalism and paranoia and, and hatred of the other that's connected to zionism i mean even within israel there's that right so like so there's like this war between um, this party called Our Israel that's led by this uh, that's uh, led by this Moldovan immigrant, Soviet immigrant, who's a huge um, I, I, Victor Lieberman, um, and uh, it's and he is hugely popular with Soviet immigrants, his political party, and uh, Soviet immigrants and he's made, he's kind of made it his cause, and and Soviet immigrants hate this about Israel Israeli politics is that. Israel gives huge amounts of resources to uh, religious Jews. It finances them with their own welfare. They don't have to serve in the military. Their like settlements are just you know like funded more than anything. So like and so they the Soviet Jews who are not religious hate the beards. They fucking hate the beards and they want to take away their privilege. And so and 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 Avigdor Lieberman has kind of made his political career on this, and in fact, he's he's got it's such a huge party. He's like threatening, he's threatening Likud, like it's a big deal, and because Likud is or, is uh, allied with these Orthodox. Oh, that's Orthodox. why. But but Soviet Jews used to be Likudniks. Yeah, but it's a new party. I mean, it's not so new, but he's like he's a and he's and he is like basically he's a fascist who wants like to just just clear the fucking Palestinians, get them the fuck off the land, like just. Destroy them, massacre them. It's like, don't give a fuck. So he's like, so they got this, he, he's a total fascist, but he's in a war with the, with the beards, <laughs> who are also fascist, who also want to cleanse all the Palestinians. And so they're they're, just, wait, that's classic Jews fighting over money. Yeah, wait, Jews fighting it? over money. <laughs> wait, what's no, no, but, and no, but what's the, but then, so the, oh, the, so the beards, so the beards have turned the table. So they're like, they're saying that these Soviet Jews are not real Jews. How are they not they're Jews? They're saying they're communist. They're, they're not like, they're like half they're, br- not... they're like half breeds. That might be true. <laughs> no, it's, I know. But they're not communists. And they're like and they're like hit, and they like well, he called them like one of the main rabbis. He said they're um, religion hating Gentiles. And so there was a proposi- proposal to basically do like genetic testing on them. Twenty run twenty three. Basically to, to prove that they're Jews or not. You know what? I'm for it. So so this is the great thing. So even within Israel, there's like a, a fascist versus fascist fight. Who between Soviet Jews and the beards? So even even like so like you know he is using he's going straight up Nazi Germany on them. He's like you're not even real Jews, you're fake Jews. You're fucking you're you're Slavs. You're you're like you're like untermenschen. But other Jews are fascists themselves. Well, they're both fascist. I mean, there there's a lot that they agree on, which is they agree on um, basically massacring and genociding Palestinians, taking their land. What they don't agree on. Is like uh, who well, gets well, the money? Well, the ultra orthodox are not really against the Russians. It's the Russians or the Soviet Jews who start who are against the beards. Mm-hmm. They hate the beards, 
And rightly so, because they're like they're 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 super privileged, and they're like just like. But you know, it all doesn't fit well together. If you're such a Jew, you know that Judaism, even if you don't know that much, you sort of supposedly a real devout Jew. These are the holy people. They're the yeah. ones uh, devoting their lives to religious studies. You, yeah. you know, you should actually respect them because they're not they're not religious. <laughs> no, but I'm just trying to catch the logical. Because no, they're they're purely nationalistic. Because on paper, they also say, okay, they clearly sort of have uh, attachment to Judaism, mm -hmm. but then these people are holy. Yeah. Respect them. Well, but they're not really, so they're Soviet Jews, they're not religious. <laughs> I'm just trying to follow through what they I agree. seem okay. to be I know, professing. I, I get it, I, I, I'm on your side, but like, so like on the one hand, so on the one hand, you're like, we want, we want a pure Israel made of pure Jews who might not be 100%, we want, because there might be like some in Moldova, and some might be wait, Russian. Like it's all about also Judaism and the Jews. Jude yeah, but like ethno-nationalism, not necessarily based on religion. But you cannot be non... Because let's say I'm even 100% Jew, which I'm not, I'm like 50. But if I am, like I'm very Jewish, ethnically, which they probably like, but let's say I'm Russian Orthodox. I can still move there, but I think they really won't like me. No, do you see the fallacy? They want Judaism is very important. I don't know. I don't know what uh, what uh, uh, Avigdor Lieberman's party like line is on Orthodox on Christian, Christian converts Jews. Jews. I don't. I don't know. Actually, who still want to live in Israel? I don't think they. I don't think they mind. Actually. All I'm just trying to say yeah. that you certainly say, oh, it's not about Judaism. Yes, it's about Judaism. No, I'll tell you because it's the beards. The beards. The the, the, the religious Jews are. Not only are they like ethno-nationalist and want like a pure Jewish state, they also want to have a ethnocracy, like a, a, a religious state. Wait, they want to be like Iran, theocracy. Yeah, they, wait, theocracy. Theocracy. yeah theocracy, exactly. They want to have a theocratic ethno-nationalist state. You know, good luck. No, no, so they, they, want, to, they want to have that, right? So, so they want actually both. Mm -hmm. They want the religious, they want, the, they want Israel to be run on biblical law. Right? They don't, Soviets don't want it. No, I can and, see and, that. And, yes, and because and, and, it's like you're from the Soviet Union, you're a secular person, you move to fucking Israel, everything is shut down on Friday, Saturday, like you fucking, all these Jews come walking around with their fucking, you know, with their little hair dangling off the sides, like praying and stuff. On Like you're paying taxes, you're funding them, they're not even fighting for you, they're not even, they're not even doing their part to kill Palestinians. I mean, like they're not, they're not, they're, they're not doing their part. Are you doing your part? Yeah, they're not doing their part. And so, and then they also like tell you how to live. I'll tell you, they also, it's, it's a problematic. They like, it's, if you want to, let's say like, cause you know, everything, even marriages have to be approved by like the That's rabbinical court. Well, basically yeah. it's like you both, if you're not, if you can't marry a non-Jew in Israel. So, and so, and so let's say you want to, you want to, you have a, whatever, a non-Jewish spouse that you want to marry. You have to marry outside of Israel and, and come bring, back bring and then in. get that and they will recognize it. So like, I mean, just on a basic level, but like there's all sorts of other things that they kind of live on that are theocratic laws that they don't like, which is understandable if you're secular. Yeah. So the dominant, like the, the, the sort of the right wing of Israeli politics, I'm kind of boiling it down very simply. They've like made obviously deals with the uh, theocratic, basically uh, like Al Qaeda uh, wing of the, of, of the Jewish society, you know, the beards. And so they kind of give them shit because they like vote, and, you know, they have a lot of power uh, in, 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 in Israel. And so the Soviet Jew, Jewish party is challenging that, that, that unity, you know? That's interesting. It's interesting. And so, so, there's, so it's, it's, they both agree on the, on the fascism part. 
they both agree on like, yes, kill all the Palestinians. But what they disagree is like, should, we, should it be a theocracy or not? So if they want, if someone want liberal fascism, other ones, others want like a theocratic fascism. That's like advanced Zionism. Well, interesting made me kind of realize because I did spend a year, like some time in Iran, which is a theocracy officially. Yeah, Israel is actually half like theocracy. A half theocracy, already fully fascist. <laughs> Doesn't matter theocracy yeah. or not. And then. I know. You know it's actually there are similarities. Your sister, like so, <laughs> exactly. Which is they they probably don't like hearing that. Yeah. No. Of course. I mean, and then there's a huge part of Israeli society that wants the theocracy. For instance, our, our previous landlord in in Williamsburg, who is, um, you know, part of the Chabad. Chabad Jew. They yeah. are very much part of that theocracy move. Part of makes the sense. Yeah. 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 Anyways, I want to wrap up. I uh, kind of speaking of Iran. Do you know that um, on the uh, United Nations, there's like, I think it's mid 2000, yeah, 2005, I checked. Uh, there's um, uh, Iranians, uh, 13th century um, poet uh, Saidi. Wow. There are a few lines of his in Persian uh, inscribed on a kind of like it's sort of I guess handmade carpet type oh, of thing wow. so That's cool. yeah and it's on the wall of uh, one of the meeting rooms in, in the United Nations I wonder if you I think because United Nations actually open to visit so yeah. it's fairly open to the public yes. to see but um, I never made it there even though we lived in New York you you went to United Nations yeah, went, but you might have Nations. didn't pay there's attention a, there's also the Sputnik that hangs there and I think it's very um kind of fitting they picked good <laughs> good lines they're very famous in iran like people oh, cool. quote them i just want to read them because can, i think can it's, you read them in, in, Fars in farsi first yeah and i can translate yeah it's just like a few a few lines from one of his most famous uh saidi's book galistan so okay bani adam ozai yek pekarant kedara farinesh zayek guharant chu ozvi bedard avard ruzegar Degar Oshara Namanan Karar To Keze Mehnate Digaran Birami Nashayat Kenamat Nahant Adami. Okay, and the meaning of it, uh, I'll read the last literal translation a bit more verse too. Adam's children are limbs of one body, that in creation are made of one gem. When life and time hurt a limb, other limbs will not be at ease. You who are not sad for the suffering of others do not deserve to be called human. Whoa. So it's from the 13th century? It's 13th century. Uh, he's a medieval poet slash all of them were poets and philosophers, obviously, because different times. Not like today, yeah. <laughs> not, not like today at all, actually. <laughs> that's beautiful. They're yeah. like wise men. I think that's, we covered some kind of wide ground. I don't know what we talked about, but we talked about something good, I, I hope. <laughs> until until uh, a week or two from now. Have a good night. Okay, have a good night. Bye. See you later.